very pretty. Lilac would look prettier on me, or white. Witches have worn this color for a very long time, Kiki. Oh, Mom, I look really dumb. It's not really important what color your dress is. What matters is the heart inside. Well, I'm going to be the very best witch that I can be, Mom. And I know having a good heart is important. Just follow your heart and keep smiling. Yeah. Welcome to Book Club, Lauren. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the start of a journey. It is. It is an epic journey. It is an epic journey. So over, I guess, the next few months it's going to take, yeah. uh, we are diving into the Studio Ghibli archive, which we yes. are both of. So much Ghibli. Some of these I haven't seen, so I'm quite looking forward to the excuse. Yeah, okay. I've, I've seen, I, I think there's only a couple I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, and then some I've seen a, like a million times. I know. So this is exciting. Yeah. So we are doing a, for people listening, we are doing a Studio Ghibli mini series because yeah. it's kind of interesting how much Hayao Miyazaki has adapted from books. Yeah. And manga. He, he's obviously a reader, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think he consumes a lot. Yes, as as like us. <laughs> exactly. He's, he's basically the same as us. The same. <laughs> so I could, so there's 15 of them, but okay. I can only find nine of them in English. Yes. And as we don't know Japanese, it'll be... Neither of us know Japanese, sadly. Not one word, I don't think. <laughs> in my heart, I feel like I know Japanese. But yeah. I don't know Japanese, so. So the ones we're doing, we're doing Nausicaa, Poco Rosso, Grave of Fireflies, Howl's Moving Castle, Tales <laughs> from the RC, Arietti, When Marnie Was There, and then there's two other ones that haven't come out yet, but they might be out by the time we get there. We never know. <laughs> Is Earwig and the Witch and How Do You Live? Mm -hmm. So. Those would be really fun, but we're starting with Kiki's Delivery Service, yes. which is my favorite. Is it? I, I mean, I love Kiki. So, and and I I do have a um I have a, a Ghibli tattoo. Yes. So and and yeah, Gigi's on that tattoo. Good. So you know, right in the middle actually. So clearly, Kiki is very important to me as well. Good. So what, I'm very I mean. Of like Studio Ghibli and obviously that fandom, what is your history with this particular film? Do you remember when you watched so it? So Kiki, I think it's possibly the second one that I saw. Okay. So my first was Totoro, which yeah. everybody probably is their first because mm -hmm. I think, you know, they randomly saw it when they were like eight or whatever. Yeah. So I think I initially I saw Totoro and I was like okay that was amazing like and I saw that when I was like quite young and yeah. then when I was at, like kind of like uh came moved back to London and was in like my kind of yeah like mid-20s I guess mm -hmm. I then saw it again I think late night on Channel 4 yeah. and after that I was like okay now I need to watch every single other film that Miyazaki has ever made um and I started off with Kiki Mainly because of the cat. Yeah. Obviously. You know, it's all about the black cats. <laughs> so, and, um, and it's, it's such a lovely film. It's, yeah, I mean, it's just so sweet and unexpected and, and a little bit weird. So it very much reminded me of me. 
I just yeah. wanted to be a witch as a little girl, so I was like, I want to be her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's that's kind of the beauty of it, as but you know, there's loads of very very strong kind of female characters in in Miyazaki things, but in particular, you know, Kiki's like what? She's thirteen, so she's just at that kind of age where you can relate. And um, yeah, and also she's she's got a cat that she can talk to. Yes, I mean that's already. I'm already on board. Yeah, to be perfectly honest. But yeah, I, yeah. So second, second ever film really, in in the series. But um, yeah, definitely the start of a love story for me with these. Yeah. So you've seen it a few times. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. So it was quite nice watching it yesterday with my cat. Um, Has to respond. Yeah, she, she sat right in front. So she, I had a little black cat sat in front of my subtitles yeah. most of the time. <laughs> so I literally had to move her at a certain point. She, she, she loves um, anime. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but she definitely loves it. She really wants to watch. So she was, so she liked it a lot. I think mm-hmm. she related heavily <laughs> to <Yeah>. Gigi. <laughs> Well, hopefully there's a little white cat that she can fall in love with. Well, there is a white cat around here, so oh maybe. <laughs> I know, and it's a boy. I'm living the life. I'm going to go get a broom later on. And try and well, you're wearing sort of like a black top, and you had the short haircut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, I'm going to get a red hair ribbon, yes. and then I'm going to, I've only got a mop, sadly. I'm going to try and have a, you know, little zoom around Crystal Palace. I think that'll work. <laughs> I mean, there's not going to be Halloween, so we can just do that. Exactly, exactly. So have you, have you, you'd seen Kiki before? So I was eight when this came out and I, because in the States, so it was like Disney got the deal to do them. And then it was like Buena Vista, which is like a big VHS Mm -hmm. distributor. And I remember having the Totoro and the Kiki VHS in our like VHS cabinet at the house. And I don't remember the sequence of it, but I just remember making my parents put both of them on repeat constantly. And I think Totoro maybe a little bit more than Kiki, but I think as I grew older, I liked Kiki better. I mean, like Totoro and Kiki are definitely the entry level ones. For these, for you know, for for the Jubilee films, definitely, they're the ones. And also, I think so. I'm assuming you watch the dub versions. Yes. Yeah. It, I, I I've seen the subtitled ones yeah. later on, but originally, yeah. obviously. But the when ones. you're a kid, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My yeah. reading wasn't great. <laughs> exactly. It's too much for a tiny kid. You'd be up there running your finger along the bottom of the yeah. screen. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bunch of like big celebrity names, I suppose, though I, I'm not sure I knew who any of them were necessarily. No, but no. So, obvi- and then obviously now we've read the book, which yeah. they did do an English version. It did. At the time, but you cannot find it. And I don't think it did very well. Yeah. I, yeah, it's interesting because I, I, looked, I looked up about, you know, like how it all kind of worked. And there's been an a English version around for a while, a translation. But, um, I don't know if it if it went to America. Oh, maybe not. Because uh, yeah, I did an, an interview re- recently with the translator mm-hmm. um, and the author, and she like she did this adorable little message um, for people like in the interview, and um, and said that it like basically the first time first time that Americans have had access to it. That might so, make sense. 
so yeah so maybe yeah but I, I mean I haven't been able to find it and it's interesting as well because different translators make different books really yeah and that's true and also you can tell sometimes whether something's been translated well or yeah not. exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so I yeah I, and, and I'm not entirely sure why they decided to translate it again but I think it was possibly because uh, she just won uh, the Hans Christian Andersen Award. Yes, that exactly, exactly. Yeah. Which is the what is they call it the little little Pulitzer Prize. Yeah, it's sort of like the biggest prize you can get as a children's yeah. author. Exactly. Yeah. No, they call it they call it the little Nobel Prize for literature. That's what they call uh, the nickname. Well, that sort of starts me off because I did write out a little blurb about her. So okay. it's by Iko Kadano, who wrote it in 1975. And she was born in 1935 in Tokyo, Japan. And then she has published more than 200 books, including She's picture books, epic. children's stories, translations, essays. She is so cool. She lived in Brazil for a while and learned Portuguese, and she speaks some English too. And also she started writing her kids' books when she was 35. <laughs> That's amazing. That's that, I, I love when people start like later yeah. in life. Exactly. And, and, and she's got 200, and she started when she was 35. That's she, incredible, man. I think like in some of the stuff I read with her, she's like, yeah, I'm working on, I have a few other books and stuff that are coming out. I'm just like, you're too impressive. <laughs> <laughs> she's quite she also translated books um, yeah. from English to Japanese. So she did um, the Kipper series and Miffy in yes, Japanese. I know. They're classics as well. <laughs> They're too cool. And then in 2018, she got the Hans Christian Andersen Award for yeah. writing. Obviously, 200 books. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I don't think there's any English writer who's ever done that. No, I mean, it's massively impressive. And if you'd like look at the other people, I had a quick scan of the other people who'd won that award. Yeah. And it's, you know, like, like Tova Jensen for like the Moomins and, you know, Quentin Blake won it for illustration. So it's, it is just like, it's the cool kids one to win. I, I really want to win one now. <laughs> I've got to start. I'm going to start my 200 kids <laughs> book tomorrow. Even like short stories, one page. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, load of picture books. <laughs> and then you mentioned that she got the idea from her daughter who drew a picture of a witch yeah. stick, which which is, is cool. I've, I've seen the picture with my yeah. eyes. I have to say, her daughter's pretty damn good at drawing. No. Because the picture, the, so the picture was like, a, basically, it's a, like a lot of different pictures of witches, but one is a witch on a broom. And I was just kind of assuming it would be like a kid's picture, but like the, the actual, like the radio hanging off the broom, which is where the whole inspiration from Kiki, for Kiki came from, yeah. is like a proper like ghetto blaster. <laughs> like it's got, it's got depth and angles to it. I was like, wow. <clears throat> I was totally expecting just, you know, like a child's squibble. But yeah, it's totally impressive. Have you seen the photos of her as well? She's so stylish. No, I haven't. I haven't. You have she? to look her up. She's a very <laughs> cool looking woman. So, so yeah, good team. Yeah, good no, team. I'm really yeah. impressed by her. And I'm sort of annoyed that in the English language world, not more of her work is in English. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm guess that, you know, her winning this award will definitely make I mean, look at this book coming out now. And it's yeah. such a lovely copy of this book as well. Yes. 
Like, oh yes, illustrated by Joe Todd Stanton, who I have met several times. Hey, I, like they're such lovely. They're so lovely. The illustrations are so lovely that uh, on page three, I think yeah. I got like three pages in, and I had to like immediately <laughs> tag him on Instagram because I was like, I love your work. Yeah, he I, did like, stuff for No Brow for a long time. Okay, okay. It's, I mean, his stuff's lovely, and I mean, even like just the first little like illustration of Kiki and Gigi on the front of the broom. Yes. I was just thinking, that's a tattoo I want. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. I love the little chapter headers of yeah. Gigi as well. Yeah. I mean, it is like the, it's a beautiful thing. Even the end papers with the little brooms oh, yeah. on. Oh my uh, God. I love your little note tabs as well. You've made oh, so many note tabs. So many. And they've all got like little illustrations on them. Like this is the line on. Yeah. I, yeah, but it is, I mean, it's a lovely book. As soon as it turned up, I was like, oh, this is a treasure. Um, I will be buying this for all of my nieces, I think. Well, also, so apparently there's four or five books in the yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, and I'm five. like, please put them in English. <laughs> yeah, there's five more. So I think they're kind of hoping, I'm trying to remember what the translator's called. There you go, Emily Balistrieri is the translator. Yeah, they, they did an interview, and in that, she said she's hoping that they'll do all of them. Yeah, I mean, this is just like the start, but I hope so. <clears throat> yeah, she really goes into like Kiki, like grows up in the other ones, and apparently, yeah. like spoilers, has a couple of kids. <laughs> yeah, I think she has twins. They said, yeah, so, um, get yeah. married and just <laughs> yeah, I'm well up for reading reading the rest of them. I, think. I know. I, c I feel like you have to sort of market it as its own thing separate from the film for it to yeah. work. Yeah. I, I mean, I think obviously the film like made it massively successful as well. But um, having done my research, apparently uh, it sold 1.7 million copies in Japan. But did. When yeah. It first, yeah. When it first came out, which is an insane amount. Because really. he. Hayao Miyazaki has kids, so in theory, maybe his kids <clears throat> read it, yeah. and that's sort of where it came into his hands. Because I couldn't yeah. find anything where he oh, said where he got it. No, I couldn't either. <laughs> I know. I was looking. I was interested about the. Pro I did find a little bit about the process, but just how it got into his hands. Yeah, but yeah, it is like if if it sold, so it sold one point one point seven million copies, and then when the film came out. Yeah, it was the highest-grossing film that year. Japan, yeah. So, like, he obviously, you know, like he did it justice. You know, I mean, all of his films are pretty much the highest-grossing. But yeah. that, I mean, Kiki's like one of the earlier ones. Yes, I think there was three films before that. I have it. Yeah. When we talk about the film, I have like the order of when it came yeah. out. But that's, I mean, that's but for the two to kind of like go hand in hand. How often is a you know like an adaptation of a book? the highest grossing, you know. I'm, I'm looking at recent ones to see if there were any <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians. Okay. <laughs> I would not compare the two, but. But yeah, I mean, that's quite a feat, really. Yeah. And just for her, I wonder, so it, it sold one point whatever million copies before the film came out? I think, yeah, or, or it's 1.7 million copies in total that it's sold. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I wonder like the level of popularity before or the film. What yeah. from the sounds of things, I think it was quite popular. And just her in its on her own as an author is 
quite yeah. well respected. She's won tons of awards in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. exactly. So I think, yeah, I think even without the the film, I think you know, she, it would have been quite a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. But um, hand in hand, that's you know, that's like a proper force of nature. That is that combo. It's a good combo. It is <laughs> sort of like, hey Miyazaki, please come adapt my book. <laughs> <laughs> that's the dream. It is. <laughs> you want to start us off, and we can start talking okay. about the book. All right. So, yeah. so I mean, how we have usually done in the past we just kind of like will interject and sort of talks about talk about scenes as we go along and mm-hmm. comment on them okay so i'm going to read the official blurb now yes. <laughs> official blurb okay i'm gonna I, i'm gonna make a change to the official blurb by the way because please you do seaside <laughs> village but it ain't a village it's definitely a town yeah it's massive i know <laughs> <laughs> so there you go okay all right again okay Half witch Kiki never runs from a challenge. So when her 13th birthday arrives, she's eager to follow a witch's tradition. Choose a new town to call home for one year. Brimming with confidence, Kiki flies to the seaside town of Corico and expects that her powers will easily bring happiness to the townspeople. But gaining the trust of the locals is trickier than she expected. With her faithful wisecracking black cat Gigi by her side, Kiki forges new friendships and builds her inner strength, ultimately realizing that magic can be found in even the most ordinary places. Mm. (laughs) This book is like a hug. (laughs) It honestly is delightful. Like, just, I I think it was, I was just, it was the first page. So there's like a little introduction bit at the start of our copies. Yeah, she uh, wrote a little thing for it, right? That's a note from the author. Yeah. And it, like, as a writer, it really made me want to write. Like, yeah. you know, I, like, it's just, it's such a sweet kind of, like, intro. She kind of says... The line where she says, Kiki's magic is as close to normal as possible. It's everyday magic. Yes. Yeah, exactly. We're all a little bit magical. Yeah. And, and that, you know, like, she's, there's such a, she's got such a kind tone. Yeah. But she says, like, um, um, I knew I would fly as an author because writing fiction made me feel as though I had wings. That just, like, ah, oh, that's even before the book starts. It's hit me in the heart. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like, she clearly, she clearly absolutely loves her craft. Yeah. And that comes across massively. Mm. Even just, like, right in the first couple of pages. Like, you, you feel, like, just that, like, warm fuzzies straight away. Yeah. She's totally at home when she's writing, and that is like super apparent. Um, and it's a really nice beginning as well because it's like cozy kitchen, you know, parents and and you know, Kiki sitting around the table. This is the cat yeah. drinking tea, I believe. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's very British, actually. Yeah. When it comes down to it, even though it's Japanese. There's some British sentiment in Japan, you know. Didn't we? Con- didn't the Brits conquer? Try to conquer them at some point? Well, yeah, shamefully, I think the Brits tried to conquer everywhere. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. So yeah, like just what I noticed about the first kind of scene. So it's just it's literally Kiki sitting at the table with their parents having tea, yeah. but all the senses come in. So you know, like she's talking about the smells, she's talking about the sounds. 
um and you know you really just feel like you're in the room with them and like it really feels like home like yeah. straight away you you can kind of relate to you know that feeling of being little and being you know with your family and um yeah it's it is like you you immediately kind of feel like you know them yeah. even if you you know didn't necessarily grow up with two parents around because because i did not i i my mum uh, brought up me and my little sister, me and my twin sister. So yeah, it's definitely like a, it's just that family feeling of everything kind of being safe and cosy. That is such a nice place to start an adventure as well. Because you always start off, you know, like knowing that you've got somewhere lovely and comfy to start from and then you're not going to be in that place anymore <laughs> so the peril begins well it kind of goes back around to the end of the book as well like there's a line at the end of the book spoiler where she says it's nice to know i have a home to come, yeah, back, to, to. come back to exactly <laughs> exactly and 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 also the you know the fact that, that it becomes more than one home yeah so i think she becomes like much more okay with herself mm-hmm um, and, you know, like making herself at home wherever she is. But the, the other lovely thing is that you get all those domestic kind of like things, the teapot and the herb garden and the cosy table and everything. And then there's two broomsticks on the wall. Yes. And then that's like the magic just kind of like subtly creeps in. And yeah. I think that's really lovely thing about this is that magic isn't like, like magic in like a lot of other things like... Um, or Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, like, or, or a lot of other things where, you know, magic kind of, like, disrupts. Yeah. In a lot of, you know, magical style fiction. Whereas here, it's such gentle magic. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, destruction and warfare, I feel like, whenever yeah. I read sort of paranormal-esque yeah, it's stories. Like, it's the whole, like, great power, great responsibility thing here. Yeah. Like, there, it's a power, but it, it just, it's, it seems way more natural. Like, yeah. it's just a part of, like, their daily life. And, and in fact, Kiki's mum and dad. So, mum is a witch. Yeah. Dad studies folklore. Oh, which folklore. is love. <laughs> like, so couples goals. Yeah. <laughs> They're so cute together. And their dad is such a little dork as well. Yeah. And, it's, and that's what's lovely is that he, you know, like, he's clearly entirely bewitched by her as his wife but also yeah. by her lifestyle what i want to know i want backstory i want to know how they got together i want to know like you know did they get together because because she was like just witching around yeah. and then he you know like he was stalking her <laughs> like, what a prequel know. prequel book <laughs> yeah i do and i want to know how like because because they mention it um God, i can't remember if it's in the film or the book I think it's the film where they like they do kind of mention that she when she arrived as a you know like a young witch the mum arrived as a young witch so you know like because because obviously she had to do the same thing Kiki did yeah I'm trying to think if they I mean they talk about the process in the book of sort of why witches have yeah. been coming of age and sort of keeping the tradition alive by always placing yeah. a witch in different towns but you know like say the mum had to do exactly the same thing yeah no i thought it was nice in the film and we can talk about that scene but yeah but but like to the, the the idea of it is immense that at 13 i remember what i was like when i was 13 i certainly wasn't ready to be kicked out of the house and told to go and live in another city and make a job up for myself 
you know, and not allowed to return home for a year. Like it's, yeah. it, it's quite a harsh thing, but it never comes across as, as harsh here. No. It comes across as like an exciting and, you know, like, um, like they've just got confidence in it. Off she goes. But also there's no question in that she could not go. It's yeah. always an option. You don't have to do this. Yeah. Exactly. Very happy for it's, you it's, it's entirely up to you. And, you know, for that, that kind of choice nowadays in, in like a world when choice is utterly overwhelming to a lot of kids and a lot of them end up having anxiety about, you know, all sorts. That's just like, it's a big choice to put on her. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really feel like neither, neither option seems like the end of the world for her. Yeah. She's, there's no pressure. She's literally just lying in the grass going, mm, shall I leave home for a year? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you do that. Well, I love, so the beginning of the book, they do like lots of introduction of world building, sort of yeah. how it works to be a witch and what yeah. the magic is and the idea of witches kind of have become diluted and losing yeah. their abilities, yeah. which was interesting. And I think it's also just, there's no use for a lot of those things anymore. So yeah. that's why they seem to be going away. Yeah, lot. like, like technology is kind of like coming on. I mean, it's set. It's set in older times. Well, I think it, it's World War II-ish yeah. era. Yeah. So I think I read somewhere that was like 1950s-ish, yeah. which kind of makes sense. And also they're rural, so again, like less kind of technology anyway. But yeah, it definitely feels that, that diluting is, is a good way of putting it, actually, that, that yeah, it's just something that they used to do they used to, and, and they never tell you exactly what the witches used to do. You know, were they turning people into frogs or, you It's know. little things. It's not like magic like yeah. that. It's like, again, everyday magic. She mentions that the grandmother used to be able to cast a spell that the bread would never go bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Just like the such bread. a... <laughs> Just the bread. <laughs> and then her mom can make sneeze medicine. Yeah, sneeze medicine, but but not other medicine. Literally, yeah. like specific one sneeze thing. medicine. Yeah, which I assume goes for. I mean, you sneeze in a lot of circumstances. In fact, she'd be very useful nowadays. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah. Get her in. Get her in now. Well, the, I think they ponder like maybe certain magic will come back as it's needed. Yeah, but also not too bothered that it's kind of gone. Yeah. But, you, you know, you, I, I would think there'd be more of a wild panic. That's what I mean about it being so gentle, is they're like, yeah, it's a shame there isn't magic around anymore, but we get by, you know, and, and they can still fly. Yeah. So that's, I, I guess that's, that, and that seems to be kind of like the, the entry level, they can all fly. Yeah. And then, you know, like they get bonuses on top of it. Yeah, but and it, it's sort of, yeah. being a witch is more a lifestyle also yeah. as well. Just because... Yeah they talk about that give and take which I adored as a sort of the concept that they're yeah. teaching kids throughout yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they, they're not making money out of it. They're literally just I you know, like I do something for you and you give me something back. And that doesn't have to be about magic either. No. Just helping no. you out. And it's yeah. just the philosophy that they follow yeah. as witches. I mean, you know, like if you if you kind of think about it in terms of today, it, it doesn't make any sense because we live in this capitalist society of like, okay, you have to go out and you have to make money. So, uh, you know, initially you kind of read that it's going to be give and take and you think, how on earth is she going to make ends meet? 
Yeah. But it's it is just literally just what they do. She's not worried about it at all. She's not like freaking out at any point. See, and you can't you cannot compare it to how you'd feel like in today's society. It does feel like another another world entirely. I mean, it's definitely our world. Yeah. But it's just there's so much more trust in other people that you know you're like oh okay then people yeah they'll probably give you breakfast you're fine (laughs) yeah but it's also that like lack of expectation that people can give you a lot as well it's sort of like as we get into the certain bits of the book it just the tiniest things it's just like you know trading skills and things like that and whether or not that's actually the value of what you've given to them doesn't really matter yeah, I and the, yeah, and that, and that's nice. Is you know, it's not like she doesn't want to be. She doesn't want to be rich. No. She doesn't want to be a princess. She doesn't even want to like get married and have kids or anything. I'm not entirely sure she knows what she wants really. Yeah. Except that she wants an adventure. That's pretty much like where she's coming from at the start of it. Um, and that's that's quite nice because then that's all you that's all you ask for for her. Um, even though you know you are like slightly concerned <laughs> about how she's going to make ends meet like yeah. she's literally got nowhere to live she doesn't know where she's going to be and um and her parents are just like sitting there on a little broom and then you know and then off she goes yeah. bye <laughs> with just her cat I mean, parents, parents kind of have to do that though like if we go to university you know when we train yeah. or whatever it's sort of yeah, I mean, it's definitely like it's it's a leaving a nest kind of situation, isn't it? Very much like coming of age, which I I mean, I love stories like that where you know, like people start to realise what what the world is going to be like for them. Yeah, you know, and they're they're leaving their comfy home, and but they they clearly she Kiki clearly has confidence at the start of the book in herself because she's like, I'm leaving this next full moon and everyone's like oh god that's like five days away yeah Are you sure it's gonna she's like Shh, no it's no. fine it's good. fine yeah and but she's also willing to like she wants to take her broom that she's made mm-hmm. but then she ends up her mum kind of like talks around yeah. it's they treat her in a very grown-up way really considering that you know like she's 13 but then, you know, she's she also that self confidence means that she can go on this journey. Yeah. She she doesn't she she feels like she's naive, but also that she kind of will be alright looking after herself. You do have to have a little na- of naivety when you yeah. do something like this, because otherwise you wouldn't go. No, God no. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I think I would do a lot I wouldn't do a lot of things if I didn't have some sort of naivety about yeah. it. Well, exactly. Or, yeah, just like I, the, the utter stubbornness of it as well. Yeah. She's like, I'm just, I'm going now. I do and, want to yeah. mention one line when they're talking about, and you posted this on Instagram about all witches have black cats that they speak yeah. to. And then the idea that, so eventually they grow up and they'll meet someone and get a partner and then the cat will leave them and the cat will get a partner. The use of the word partner in this book, I thought, yeah. was so important and crucial. Yeah, really. Like it's just yeah. such a little thing, but to say, not say like husband or wife. But I wondered if that's something to do with the translation. And yeah, that potentially is. And I yeah. don't have the original version to compare yeah. to, but I just thought that was such a good choice. Yeah, really well. Yeah. yeah. 
and it's 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 interesting as well just like again it's a very gentle kind of way of saying that you're gonna grow up and you can't keep all the things that you had when you were little i mean the, the, they don't talk about the fact that she won't be able to talk to the cat anymore like it's not it, it's not like a big tragedy yeah. it's just like this is just what happens like your you know your baby teeth falling out or something that's just how it works but um but yeah i mean that the fact that she that's just how it is that you you have a cat and it's your companion and then you at some point or another you become growing up you i have wait, I don't know. there's one behind me oh, look at it. <laughs> Hester doesn't care. I wish Honey <laughs> would speak to me. <laughs> Hester often does, but I don't understand anything. But I think that's also part of the confidence level is that the parents, I think they say to like Gigi, like take care of her or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. They have that companion to get them through that and then they don't need them anymore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they're like, there is a, a kind of like growing up aid, I suppose. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't seem like a tragic thing yeah. for them. And, and it's, all, it's like, oh, the cat gets someone as well. So we're all good. It's not like the cat, you know, just like gets abandoned or disappears <laughs> or dies or anything. It just like moves on. Life yeah. moves on. Things change. Um, yeah. And it's just like stated in such a, this is how it happens. It just says the pair would live separately. Like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like that's with our parents. We live separately. You know, we don't need them in the same way yeah. we did as a kid. So that relationship changes too. Yeah, but you do kind of feel like with, um, especially with pets. You know, you want to keep them forever. And then, yeah, the idea of like that ending is quite. So the description was really nice because they say like the cat would be a precious companion and someone to turn to during good times and bad. Then they say eventually the girl will grow up and find a new companion to take the place of her cat. Yeah. So I like it's just yeah, so nicely put. Again, yeah. like it's just so gently done. There's no big drama in that at all. Mm-hmm. Even though if you kind of like pull back and think about it, that's just like oh, you grew up with her. <laughs> But it, it is always sad, but it's just a part of life that, you know. Yeah, people... exactly. I, and that's what I think, you know, that the, ho- the whole feeling throughout this is that even though, you know, there are ups and downs, it always comes back to the fact that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. You never think, oh, this is just going to be the worst. This is the mm-hmm. end of the world. It's definitely got a, a real kind of like confidence at the heart of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, like that's what Kiki has as well. Despite the fact that she doesn't know all that much and flies like an idiot <laughs> into treetops and buildings. Yeah. Um, oh, hence still... the silver bells that they have in the town to warn them when she's coming. Which <laughs> <laughs> well. I, like, they, I think a lot of what I like about this book in general is the, the little touches like that, that that put you in their world. Yeah. Like, you know, walking amongst the trees and hearing the little bells go and knowing that there's a witch above you flying very badly because of that. And then, you know, like later on, the mum kind of says that they left the bells up in the trees and the mum says every time she the wind blew and she heard the bells ring, she thought of her daughter. Oh. I mean, that's just, that's just sweet as hell, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I immediately want to write something like, I'm like, I wish I'd written that. That's brilliant, man. I know. So beautiful. Give my mom a silver bell. She'd be like, what is this for? <laughs> what 
what is this for? Tie it to a tree. But yeah, so like little touches that like the building this like the home kind of environment in this is just so well done. Yeah. It really does. And it makes it all the more brave that she goes because she's somewhere where, you know, she's going on this big adventure. The whole village turns up to say goodbye to her. Yeah. Like, and she's like, what, me? But yeah, yeah. they're like, we, you know, we couldn't let you go without saying goodbye. It's yeah. lovely. So you can see that she grew up somewhere where she wasn't, you know, like an, a, an outcast at all. Yeah. Even though she's a witch and her mum's a witch and no one else is a witch. Mm-hmm. You know, they are a different species. No, I guess. You know. Yeah-ish. Uh, different people. I don't know. But yeah, but yeah totally accepted. By the fa- you know that by the fact that everyone turns up to say goodbye to her. They're all excited for her. What, what was the line later on in the book where she like reflects upon in the town like that they say a, the witch is like just a sort of a cog in the machine or something keeping everything smoothly running in oh. her town. That's how they view them. Okay. See, that's lovely. Yeah. And the fact that there aren't that many arounds but she's still accepted is really yeah. nice. And even when she does eventually, you know, like go somewhere else, they're still not as freaked out as they could be. Yeah. Well, I think there is the idea of them. It's just that they're rare, but it is sort of in this version of the world. It yeah. exists as a thing. I'm, there's no like equivalent really for us, but. Sadly. Yeah, that would be really cool. <laughs> Much, much sadness. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so she she buggers off away yeah. from her parents. <laughs> She's like, bye. Yeah, she is quite swift to go. <laughs> Doesn't really yeah, shed a tear. Feels radio from her dad, which is nice. I like that she takes a little bit of because he's clearly like modern world. Her dad, so he's the modern technology with the radio, yeah. and then her mum's broom. Yeah, so that's really nice. Yeah. So yeah. Even and though she wanted to make her own broom, but her mom yeah. is like, no, mine is, you know, it's like broken in, I guess, and it's yeah. safer, so. But then her mom says that she's going to keep Kiki's broom and use yeah. it herself. So she's got confidence that that broom is going to work. Yeah. So it's, it's not like, oh, God, what is this crap you've made? Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like, I'll keep this one, you have my one. Yeah. Um, so again, total confidence in her. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they send her off on a broom into, and she she doesn't even know which direction she's going until she gets up there. Well, she does. She she says south, right? She uh, does. She yeah. thinks about that when she literally just after she takes <laughs> off, which is quite because she has a conversation with Gigi, and I was like, okay, so she hasn't even looked at a map or anything. Yeah. She's literally just like I, you know, I know the sea is in this direction. I quite like to see the sea. This is the direction I'm going. There is no reference to any map existing. No, which would have been not. really useful. <laughs> but that's kind of lovely, though, as well. Is you know, like, Kate, she just goes. Yeah, completely just goes. There's no, and she, yeah, and she, she makes that split decision. Finally, when she's up there, she hasn't even discussed it with Gigi because they're just talking about it then. So, yeah. Points are still. By the sea. 
And then off she, she wants goes. A town. She wants not like a village. Yeah, she wants somewhere big, and she yeah. wants to see the sea because she's heard that it's cool. And yeah, then, she wants you know the flashy, exciting things. Yeah. And that like confidence is like quite astounding as well because she wants somewhere big. Yeah. <laughs> like she's little. She is a thirteen-year-old girl who has never been out of her village before. She wants to be the the only witch mm-hmm. in a massive, like essentially like a big big old town. Really, that's quite confident. And I think a y- lot of young people, certainly for me, feel that way. Like if you're in a small town, yeah. you know, the desire to have something big and exciting, a big shiny city. Yeah, <laughs> and we always like sort of go the opposite direction sometimes as our parents when it comes to things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I guess uh, her mum has chosen to settle down in, in a very tiny place from the sounds of it. And then, yeah, so she's going entirely, she's going properly rebellious in the opposite direction. But then in between, she rejects uh, like a bunch of places that aren't big enough, yeah. which I love as well. And then she bumps into that other witch. <laughs> a different vibe in the book i don't think she says her name does she in the book I don't know if she does but but the other witch seems a lot like that like just a bit more kind down yeah. to earth she's um yeah she kind of like initially she's a little bit like oh but then she's she gives her a bit of advice yeah she's like future kiki really isn't she yeah. and like, her cat's yeah. name is poo poo <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's just it is. It's a sweet little meeting because it, the language that they use in the book when she calls her big sister witch. Yeah, because she's like, oh, it's like my big sister. Like automatically, it's like we're family. Yeah, exactly. And and it is. It's a really nice like like the cats kind of like eyeing each other as well. Like, mm. like oh, that cat's a bit snooty. Yeah, and then she tells a story about like going to help a cow of a farmer by like soothing the cow <laughs> but that, and, and that is like it's it's sweet because it's but she's still she's she's definitely still small town this girl because yeah. she's doing like rural things and she's a fortune teller as mm-hmm. well i think so yeah. she's yeah so she's got another skill which kind of highlights that we don't know if kiki has another skill yet so yeah, even though we know her mum did the sneeze sneeze cure, um, but it's quite nice that she's not gone that long before she bumps into another witch. So they're not yeah. that rare. Yes, so they still are like a large enough population that you can run into each other. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, she seems she seems quite nice. The big yeah. sister one, uh, not so well, much. Except for Gigi, he, he, Gigi says that she seems braggy. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't think she does. No, I think, I think that's just Gigi being Gigi. <laughs> so grumpy (laughs) he really is but then he's like i suppose he's the voice of her um her doubts and stuff yeah and her insecurity so it kind of makes sense that yeah because she i mean she wasn't that bad at all but i think Gigi was put out by the other cat being a bit snooty Mm -hmm. which is you know that's boys for you yeah exactly so yeah second the yeah, the other witch I think is a is a nice kind of like, just goes. So we've got you know the mum and then we've got this other one. So we've got a vague idea of what other witches are like. 
Yeah, I think the beginning section, like up until there, like gives a good world building of what the magic system is in this yeah. universe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, you know, like, because you've got the, you've got fortune telling and you've got the sneeze thing. So, and the, the fresh bread thing. <laughs> <laughs> so they're all quite like small. Again, there's no like kind of blowing things up or creating, yeah. you know, dragons or setting everything on fire. They're still quite gentle. Yeah. It just, it just helpful things, which is kind of like, I feel like there definitely needs to be like a reframe in how we view fantasy as well. And the fact that like automatically like magic, we think turns them into a frog or, you know, something like that. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's, I think like Miyazaki stuff in general tends to be a lot gentler anyway. Like the wonder is a lot more gentle. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. till we get to howl. <laughs> Even then, still, still. But it is like, it's the idea, like, just in my head, it's like, magic is helping people. It's magical to just help someone without asking them for anything in return. Yeah. In itself. Yeah. And it's not like, it's kind of, it's not taking over everything. It's just part of things. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I think, like, you definitely then get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm now fully established in how this all works. Let's get to the town. <laughs> See how it works when she's in, in amongst actual people. Mm. But um, I, you know, like I still really felt like her choosing somewhere massive did surprise me quite a lot because the place she does end up choosing is pretty damn huge considering it's got like a train going to it. Yeah. Massive train line and like I think it said like that she yeah, there's the clock tower. Yeah. Tall buildings she talks about. Yeah. A tower so tall it seemed like a ladder to the heavens is the line that they use. Yeah, and she and they're both really impressed that there's a train. So clearly that's not the kind of world that they come from. And I mean it it's illustrations in the book kind of help, but it's definitely bustling. There's a lot going on there. It's it's got like a a feeling that it you know like might she might not be able to handle it, which is exactly what Gigi says. Like, is this too big for us? And she's just like, yeah, it's absolutely fine. She's like, you know, when like little dogs think that they're the, as big as the other dogs because they've got no idea how big they are. It's a little bit like that mm-hmm. because I, like I don't know where she gets her confidence for. It's massively busy town. And she's just like, I will be your only witch. And then she just pops down in the middle of it all. And she starts introducing herself to people. It's adorable. It's totally adorable. It's like landing in Piccadilly Circus. Yeah. And like just people around like the yeah. sort of mall and sort of just like, hi, my name's Nora. <laughs> I'll be your witch from now on. Yeah. Do you have any other witches here? Nice to meet you. That's Is it okay if I lovely. live here? She literally just checks to see if there's a witch. Yeah. And then someone says they don't think so. And then she's like, all right, then I'll be a witch. Yeah. And that's that. <laughs> I, like, it's such, a, it's such a sweet, like, she's got such a sweet nature. It, like, does come across as, as naive. But then at the same time, that's literally how it's done. So, only, the only line that, because, like, people are responding to her and they're like, oh, yeah. you know, a little bit confused by it all. And then someone says, do you have some wicked plot? <laughs> Which I'm like, maybe that's the translation. 
Yeah, and that's the last one that they they say. Like they do a whole bunch of lines from different people asking different yeah. questions. Yeah, the wicked plot one. Yeah, it, I I do love some of the language in this as well. I that was maybe not <laughs> as like colloquial as it should have been because I do not think anyone will say, "Do you have a wicked plot?" <laughs> Just like that was very sinister. Yeah. Also, she's tiny. She's a thirteen-year-old girl with a big red bow in her hair. Yeah, I mean, which probably makes her look even younger as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's sweet because you know everyone's reaction to her is quite calm, really. No one's screaming and running away. Yeah, even the wicked pot person doesn't pursue it. Yeah. <laughs> they just like continue on. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then she's just she's literally just standing in the middle of it all, just smiling because her mum told her to. Yeah. Which is just like it's super sweet. It's such a nice image, mm-hmm. like to see her there. And and you know, like they talk a little bit about like what the people back home were like yeah. with her, and how excited they were to live near a witch. So like they they she I think yeah they valued her family. And even said things like, witches are like oil for, for your Yeah, gigs. that was sort of trying to remember. <laughs> yeah, and having a witch around brings life to the town. So she's, she's just taken her, the confidence that they had and just like thinks that it's just going to be, uh, you know, like 100 times bigger because there's more people. Yeah. But, um, but clearly that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then like Gigi says, oh, this is so funny. Witches have got so wimpy in the olden days. Every buddy in this place would have to watch their backs <laughs> which just shows like how again the world in this story has changed yeah i mean that, that the main thing for kiki is that they don't care as much yeah like they, they just like she says it's a whatever floats your boat attitude and it 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 shocks her because yeah. that's not how it works you know i think she realizes it's gonna have to be an uphill climb but I do like the fact that, like, Gigi always comes across as, like, I often, like, kind of have, he's got, a, like, a kind of mafia boss voice. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, he just thinks everyone's an idiot. Yeah. You know? He's really not impressed. And um, he he feels a lot more street smart than she does. Which is... They've grown up with the same... Yeah. Exactly the same. Like, literally says they grew up with the same background and everything. Like they've grown up in each other's pockets. Yeah. So how he's more world-wise, I guess maybe just because he's a cat. Yeah, because what cat age? I don't know, cat years, how old Gigi would be. <laughs> he, he definitely breeds as older. Yeah. He does. Because he would, I mean, a 13-year-old cat is old. It is old, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's like, yeah. I mean, cats, what, live to be in about... 18, 19, 20. So yeah. that's, yeah, he's getting on. He's more than middle-aged. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's unimpressed. But she's she's a little bit shaken, but not that much. No. And then I think she kind of like tries kind of talking to people and it, it yeah, it kind of like starts being a little bit more frustrating. But... She decides she's just going to kind of like take a, a little bit of a breath. And then obviously then she stumbles into the perfect situation. <laughs> I know. Was, Sono. I love a Sono. She's amazing. <laughs> she's super amazing. I really like her as a character. First of all, like how many times is like a pregnant lady who runs her own business, one yeah. of the main characters in a book? 
like straight away. I'm so on board. And she she has so much going on, yet she has completely enough time to sit down with this weird 13 year old witch who talks to a cat. Yeah. <laughs> and sort her out. And it's sort of so funny as well, I think. And and completely delighted by the idea of Kiki. And like it's almost like she's from the village where Kiki came from. You know, she's she is like enchanted by the whole idea of it. And and immediately becomes her cheerleader in everything. She's so on board. And and like amazed when Kiki takes off flying. Whereas everyone else is a little bit like, Are you planning a wicked plot? <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Asano is just like, this is lovely. I want to be a part of this. This is exciting. Yeah. And she's got so much going on. And and she doesn't, in this, she doesn't say, oh, you know, like, you can have a room to help me. If You, you can have a room if you help me in the shop or anything. Yeah. That's the, the, the kind of, like, divide between this and the film. Is that the only thing that she does is that she asks, she says, I'll draw you a map to like find the baby's mother, mm. but asks her to like sign it to sign get it, yeah. sign it, like a, a receipt, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like a, a, like a bit of a text to see if she's actually genuine or not. Yeah. yeah she's, but she's a businesswoman. Yeah. <laughs> she's have invoices. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Someone needs but- to sign for things. I mean, it's super sweet, and I think it, you know, like, the fact that she, she's totally on top of things, and also her husband's just, like, a lazy good for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Same with the movie, he's, like, just (laughs) But that's, it's nice, because they, you know, like, they're not relying on anyone but themselves to get stuff done. Yeah. And they, they, Kiki and Asone become a team. Mm -hmm. So they, they, you know, like, she's, she's never her mum in it. Yeah. She really isn't. Although she'll look after her when she's not well and stuff like that, she 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 never kind of like takes over that role of telling her what to do. Yeah. She's just like she's almost they're almost like business partners, mm-hmm. um, supporting each other's endeavors, which is 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 quite lovely and not a relationship that you would expect really, considering the massive age difference, mm-hmm. and um yeah, and the fact that yeah, like I say, sona has got other stuff going on. She's very pregnant. Yes. Very she she has a baby much sooner in the She does. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much like yeah. right away she has the Yeah, in the film part. she doesn't have the baby until right at the end. Yeah. But yeah. Um in the book like baby comes along fairly and she's and she's you know, like you can help me out a little bit because the baby's coming. But there's no formal agreement of you can work in the shop here. Yeah. Which again, I'm I'm still a little bit in my in my heart going. Where's she gonna get money for food from? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she has any money in the book, right? Uh, I think she does. I think she does have a little bit. I can't remember exactly, but I think her mum gives her enough to keep her going for a year. Oh yeah, that's true. Which is a lot of money, actually. I don't know where she's been. She's been selling that sneeze medicine to <laughs> to all and sundry. Well, yeah, I don't, obviously I don't know the economy and <laughs> what the state of it is in this book, how expensive things are. But also, like, Kiki gives that whole speech about, like, as a witch, I don't really need anything. Yeah, and she doesn't. That's a nice thing. I mean, she gets, she's got a room. She, you know, Asana gives her a room. She's, she decides what her business is going to be pretty much from the get-go from doing that. She delivers the, the dummy. That's a fire, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, like... Yeah, I mean, 
she doesn't even have like a massive like moment of revelation. She's just like says to Asano, so this is what I'm gonna do. And Asano's just like, that seems like a really great idea. Let's and then come up with a name. <laughs> it's so sweet. And also I love the fact that she has her own little phone. I know the red phone. <laughs> the phone installed. Yeah. It's so sweet. I can't remember what the number is, but it's adorable. Oh yes I can. One eight hundred Kiki Can is the number of the phone. <laughs> Which is super cute, super cute. And, and you know, like, just the fact that she's like, okay, this is, there you go. Oh, the next day, Asano happily gave birth to a baby girl. So basically, they start, she has the baby, and then Kiki starts the business. So they're both starting entirely different journeys. But because they've both got something going on, they're not in each other's pockets all the time. Yeah. And Asano's obviously, you know, she's doing mum stuff. But I like that Asona, like, helps her talk through things. Yeah. Like, so how are you going to do this? Like, you know, are you going to charge people? And then Kiki explains to her about, like, the give and take. Like, just... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But but without ever saying, oh, that sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah. Because she could, you know. And she's given her... She's given her somewhere to live. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing, really. Oh, and we end the fact that the bakery is called Rock Paper Pastries. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and the, you know, like the dad just doesn't have much to do with anything. No, I don't think we really see him at all no. after this. He doesn't feature. He really doesn't feature, which is, you know, it's quite bizarre, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. Assuming he's baking somewhere, maybe in the back. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it does say, like, he, like, the, the husband moved all the bags of flour into the corner and built yeah. a desk out of bricks and boards. So he's, he he has helped. Yes. But, but you don't, I don't even think you get his name. He's just no. saying his husband. And I don't think he says anything beyond that first dialogue with uh, Asono no. when they're talking about the pacifier. Yeah, and then that's it. It's yeah. like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't need a man in this story anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, where are we? So she's established her business. The, and then her first customer. Well, it takes a while for her to like get someone, though. Yeah, she does. Yeah, because no one trusts her, basically. Because yeah. they're all like, this is a weird sitch. Okay. Yeah, it's a, the seamstress across the road. Yeah, So and they have a little bit of a chat about witches. <laughs> So she says, I always thought witches had fangs and horns. I know, she's a little bit <laughs> rude. <laughs> but um... but I, what I love, right, is that Kiki, she, there's, we always get a little bit of internal dialogue with Kiki where she's yeah. like, this person is being a bit of a dick. But they never, like, she, she, she bites her tongue. Yeah, she never lashes back, really. I'm always yeah. impressed, like, I would get more pissed than she does yeah i mean there there are a couple of times when i think that she's being a little bit more actually film i guess than um book but where she is a a little bit too you know expecting people to treat them a certain her a certain way because she's from the country where she's a little bit too oh my god how dare they speak to me like that but in this case yeah fangs and horns that's pretty damn rude and she doesn't say anything back to her because she knows, you know, well, her mum told her to smile, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was in the beginning. Like, you know, 
It's just, it's kind of like smile through it, like kill yeah. kindness, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Because that's clearly the witch way, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, and then the, the little exchange of just a little of whatever you have is enough in yeah. terms of payment. Yeah. Which um, I'll never be comfortable with. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, woman. Yeah. Get your money. Get paid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she, so she does her first job. Well, the woman first, like, it's weird because she says what she's going to give her before she tells her what the yeah. job is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit strange. Yeah. And which, doesn't she say, oh, yeah, I don't even yeah. know what I'm delivering yet and you're already deciding my fee. <laughs> yeah. And then, weirdly, the thing she's delivering is basically a copy of her own cat yeah. <laughs> in a cage. Which is, you know, what a coincidence. I have no. to say, very, but, um, very true. Yes. So in, in the book version, Gigi messes everything up. It's yeah. all Gigi's fault. It's Gigi's fault. Because he's a curious cat and he gets his paws in there and yeah, yeah. and he knocks the, uh, knocks he wants the cat the out of the cage. cage. <laughs> of him out of the cage. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to be on the cushion. <laughs> so yeah, it's, and so yeah, so she loses, loses the kitty cat. Mm -hmm. um and then she makes Gigi pretend to be it so it's, oh, wait, a... the, the name of the little boy though that gets the cat is buzz cut buster <laughs> <laughs> it is i love that he lives on 10 apricots at uh, 10 apricot street as I well know. the street names it's are really adorable so sweet. it's so sweet so it, he's five so he's little yeah, the living daylights out of um, out of DG, which I immediately look forward to. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so couldn't find the cat. So they basically lose it in the middle of a huge forest. Mm -hmm. So there's already like horror going on there. It seems like a bizarre thing to ask a living cat to pretend to be a stuffed one, but this is a book for kids. <laughs> there are witches it's in an alternative universe. Yeah. It's you know you can. <laughs> But yeah, and, and I think, you know, like, I mean, she says, be nice to Kitty, okay, <laughs> when she hands him over. <laughs> but Gigi totally trusts Kiki because he goes along with it. Yeah. Completely. He's just like, yeah, all right then. I mean, he's a little bit freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and then, she, and then she just goes off and leaves him. Yeah. So, yeah, and, uh, and continues to, it goes back to the forest to look for, for the uh, the elusive stuffed one, mm -hmm. it's getting dark, uh, and then there's a bit of singing. Yeah, she hears someone singing, and so then basically she works out that someone else has the stuffed cat. Yeah, she meets, uh, and then, yeah, where she meets the artist who eventually ends up painting a picture of her. So she's a bit of a She's not, she's not like completely bothered that she's a witch either. She's, she's quite fascinated by it, really. Well, that's sort of the trade for this, is that I'll give you back the cat if you let me yeah. paint you in return. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, like kind of, they don't establish much of a friendship there. Yeah. She, I mean, she doesn't really come across as, she comes across as a bit of a weirdo. Bit of just a kooky old lady. I don't, yeah, she doesn't exactly. come across as like young sort of... No, I don't get her no. name in the book. 
no, I, I, yeah, I think she's just referred to as the artist. Yeah. But yeah, but, so it, she's essentially just there to be part of the story, really. But she's not a massive. It's yeah, it's more just a step on this adventure, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And she says that she'll come back at some point or another, which she will, because Kiki is the kind of girl who keeps her promises, obviously. <laughs> and then um, back to Buzzcut Buster's house. <laughs> so Gigi's in peril. <laughs> I know. He's, like, the child has sort of, like, stuffed him, I think, under, like, he's sleeping on him or something. Yeah. But I, I love that she says, back, the back of Kiki's nose stung as she held back tears of gratitude. What a precious friend he is, she Aww. says about Gigi. And that's so sweet. Yeah. So sweet. Like, their relationship between those two is absolutely lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that he'd go out of his way to do that for her mm -hmm. is, you know, it, it really does, uh, you know, it, it does make you think at some point or another they're not going to be together anymore. Yeah. <laughs> How is this going to work? But, yeah, she gets him out um, and, and puts the cat in the you know replaces in an indiana jones style yeah one one cat out one cat in and then yeah do they where do they go after that do they go then they go to, to the painters right away which is impressive she oh. goes back and she gets painted oh straight away yeah, yeah. um there you go and then she writes a letter to her parents to tell her that she's doing well which was really sweet yeah, and 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 in the film, I think she doesn't write a letter to her parents until right at the end. I know, which is like, come, my parents would kill me if I didn't write what, that. What on earth are you doing that whole time? Yeah. Did they think you're dead somewhere? Also, they've established they have phones in this universe. Yeah, I know. It's a little bit odd. <laughs> it's like, they, it doesn't sound like they're that insanely far. It's not like yeah. in a different country. So why don't yeah. you call your parents? Yeah, because she could have. She flew there within a day. Yeah. So I understand it. I'm assuming she's not flying. I mean, because airplanes exist. So I'm assuming she's not like flying that fast that she would leave the country. Yeah. 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 It's definitely a, yeah, definitely a weird one. But yeah, I think. Um, Butthole. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that she writes a letter at home yeah. is lovely. And, you know, like that she's still like, she, she says, bye for now at the end. <laughs> Could have happened in a phone call, though. Had to yeah, say. It would have. <laughs> but yeah, so, Hussein is still having a baby and running a business at the same time. Massively. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, the beach. So, this. The stories are very different. Between this is where it kind of film. starts to break up, I think. Yeah. The most. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Because the rest of the book is a series of things that happen to her yes. while she's making her deliveries. It's episodic, Basically. I guess, more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like little stories of what's happened yeah. in her working life. Yeah, for that um, year. So it's just little deliveries much. that she Yeah, does. exactly. Whereas the... Film definitely goes off in the direction of her coming to terms with who she is and stuff like that, which I I, I think happens here as well, but it's a lot more gentle, mm -hmm. and um and it is you know like it's more inferred that that these kind of things happen. Yeah. So at this point, she there's a lot of weirdness going on here. So she sees a like a boy who's 
like has a broom and is wearing a black dress and everyone's all right with that yeah it's absolutely you know she doesn't think anything of it which i i'm immediately suspicious maybe that's me being immediately suspicious about everything but i was like he's a what now <laughs> he's doing what but anyway she ends up uh having to do a daring sea rescue of Gigi and some unruly boy on a um, on a raft because the wind kicks up. Yeah. Which the wind kicks up in the film as well. Yeah. So there is an element of, of you know, the sea being a bit unruly. But I think this is where she starts winning people over in yeah. the book. Because she's more grander about. scale things she's doing, I suppose, yeah. and more people are seeing her around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and and it's it's like uh, her first time by the sea and stuff as well. So yeah. she's she's doing a lot of stuff that she never did before. The description of her wearing a swimming costume for the first time is lovely. Yeah. What is it like? It's so squishy, and she feels uncomfortable. Yeah. And she's and it's too clingy, and she yeah. feels like she's like not wearing any clothes because she spent her whole life. I mean, she must have gone swimming where yeah. she was before. I don't know actually. I don't know what the maybe she didn't because they don't say that she's because in the film she's by a lake, so she would have gone swimming, but maybe she hasn't. Yeah, she doesn't necessarily. I mean, she doesn't go in the water in. What, this no. anyway no she's just on the beach yeah she i mean she talks about going into the water but yeah she doesn't actually end up doing it but she definitely starts to feel like this is the point i think where she starts to feel like she is really different from everyone else and that she's starting to like with the swimming costume that she's doing things that she that make her feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. and that she feels like she kind of like sticks out even though she doesn't seem to stick out, really. I mean, apart from the fact that she's now flying on her own <laughs> to save somebody. But before then, she was just a girl in a swimming costume. Yeah. You know, nobody cares. But to her, it's such a new thing, I suppose. Um, oh, but you have to mention that she turns to grab her broom to go rescue the boy, but it's a different broom. Different broom. Someone some little dick stole her broom. So I was pretty shocked by that actually. Yeah. Because coming from like obviously I've only I saw the film first. Yeah. So all of this is new to me. So like that's so rude. That's her mum's broom. Yeah. I and I had no idea at this point whether or not any broom would work. Yeah. So I was assuming that because she, she talked at the start about how she dried like the twigs and all that kind of stuff for the broom. Like she, there's a whole ceremony that she went through. So mm -hmm. I was thinking, well, maybe you need to do all of that in order to fly on a broom. Yeah. But she gets on this one and it's like a little bit of a wild horse, but she makes it work. Yeah. So that's quite a nice confidence thing as well. Like, you know, she's got this handled. She's very good at flying. Mm -hmm. That kind of comes across... I, not so much in the film. No. But in this, her flying is like top notch. She can, you know, she can do it. So she does like daring rescue and that's all very lovely and everyone's like, hooray, or marvellous. But then she's just got this crappy broom. Like a janitor's 
<laughs> room or something. Some terrible, terrible room. So, yeah. So she obviously then goes and tries to find out who stole her lovely broom. And and this, again, massively shocking, yeah. is that she finds uh, the boy who is wearing a witch's dress <laughs> and running off with her broom. And... Uh, and she she jumps on him, doesn't she, to to kind of get the broom back, and the broom breaks. No. Well, I like when she says, like, in with a lot of attitude, "You sure put a lot of effort in," she said, right down to my witch dress. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, she's pissed. She's not like yelling at him, but she definitely there's a little snark. Yeah, definitely. She is. She's. She definitely has rage. Yeah. Kiki, Kiki replied coldly. <laughs> She's definitely got some, yeah, some, but, you know, but she's, morally, she's absolutely right. She says, like, she won't help, like, Gigi says we should probably stop him from, because he's going to, the boy's going to, well, the person, we don't know yet who it is, is going to jump off a cliff yeah. or off a hill with the, on this broom. And she's like, he, let him, because he'll learn his lesson. Yeah. Taking someone's belongings without asking is a horrible thing to do. Mm-hmm. She's got a little bit of a dark side, though, hasn't <laughs> she? <laughs> I mean, I guess she's helping him. But yeah, so he basically jumps off a hill and breaks their broom. Now, I would be absolutely livid. That is, my mum gave me that. And it's probably been passed down through the generations, that broom. But she's actually not all that. She's quite nice about it. She just says, um, I'll make my own broom. I've made one before, so I think it'll work out. I was amazed in how yeah. she calmed herself down, which is like such an amazing, for kids reading this, she was like, yeah. she gets a little like cry, she's sort of maybe a little yeah. teary, but then she's like, and then she settles down and she's like, it's okay. I can just yeah. make another one. It'll be fine. Exactly. And she and she says, um, in truth, seeing him imitate everything about her cracked, cracked her up more than it made her mad. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's like a really nice attitude to have. Yeah. I'd be so mad. I know. I'd be so mad. But, but um, it is sort of like that witch attitude where it's just a thing. Yeah. yeah. I can replace a thing. And no again, one's it, goes hurt. To, it goes back to the give and take thing of, yeah. of her, you know, like getting stuff for doing the work as well. Mm-hmm. Is nothing, losing something isn't the end of the world to her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have much stuff. She doesn't need much stuff. Yeah. She's she's literally in it for the adventure, yeah. Not for the things. It's it's a kind of a lovely attitude to take into life. Actually, we should all be more like Kiki. I know. I have too many things. <laughs> I don't really have too many things. I don't, I'm just gonna wander around breaking everything. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then they have this little chat where he, he's basically the the reason that he's trying to be like her. I love that he's wearing the dress. I just oh, think that's so good. <laughs> issue as well yeah again you know like again shining the light on current times Mm -hmm. at the moment you know like it's just a nice thing that he's he's decided to wear a witch's dress and she's more amused by the fact that he's tried to dress like her (laughs) than the fact that it's a boy she never says oh it's a boy wearing a dress yeah you know she's just like you you just tried to dress up like me haven't you that's really funny yeah and it's yeah it's again it's just a really nice kind of like that's just the way the world is. She's n- she's not taking the piss out of him. She's not being mean about it. She's just a little bit like, you're silly, aren't you? <laughs> and then, but also admires his 
his cheekiness, I suppose. And then they just start talking about this flying club that he, he's part of. The aviation club. <laughs> and they were like, there was, wait, what was it? They each were assigned to try and figure out a way to fly. And he yeah. got broom, which is like, what aviation club is this? <laughs> yeah, one, one of them, one group got flying shoes. I know, what one happened got- to them? <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> one got flying carpets and the other one got witches' brooms. Oh, yeah, I'm, the flying carpets, I mean, what is this club? <laughs> so again, you know, like, this is not our world, is it? Yeah. If, if those things are, because in the, obviously in the film, it's a lot more you know, like modern times, mm-hmm. they're an aviation club and they've got propellers and stuff like that. But yeah, shoes, carpets and brooms. <laughs> and they're the only, are they the only three? Are there other things that fly but they didn't have more members? Yeah. Who knows? But yeah, it's a, it's a sweet, like, um, kind of like, yeah, this is what we've been up to. And then she's like, oh, that explains it. And then that's it. They're kind of like friends from that point. Yeah. And then, like, he basically says, so your blood makes you fly. Because she says, you won't be able to fly because you're yeah. not a witch. And she's and she says, oh, that's such a weird way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because it's absolutely true. She's yeah. never thought of it that way before. Like, yeah. So she's never considered what it is that makes her a witch it she it just is and that's the i mean it's the same with her mum i guess they they've never sat down and tried to scientifically work it out well i suppose her dad is the closest but yeah exactly it, that's know. but it, it kind of made me think maybe she's never really talked to her dad about it yeah because that's literally what he does isn't it is tries to kind of work stuff out but it's also the but, idea yeah. like when you're that age and as you're growing up no one talks to you about you you know who you are what yeah. makes me me yeah you know what is the essence mm. of lauren or nora yeah you know, i didn't have that conversation with my parents necessarily and it's just something you kind of have to figure out like what makes you well, you weirdly it, it should be something that you you do kind of think about yeah. because actually you know when people get older and they're a little bit more messed up and end up like going to counseling and things like that that's literally why you're there Mm-hmm. is to work out what the essence of you is yeah and why you do the things you do and you know that it's very much that she the fact that she just does it without thinking mm-hmm. I think is a is a you know kind of a good reflection of what it's like in that world yeah is that you know she just like gets on with things he's he's science isn't he and she's magic mm-hmm. and they're coming from those very opposite sides but he's basically her dad when it goes down to it. Everyone marries their dad eventually. <laughs> All to their dad. Because he's, you know, he's he's kind of scientifically trying to work it out. But when, when he says to her, you know, so it's your blood that makes you fly, she doesn't wanna she doesn't wanna pick it apart. She likes the she likes the mystery of it. And she it's part of a I mean, she doesn't want to dissect it, I suppose. I don't know if that's her not wanting to grow up or if it's just, you know, part of... It is is a weird thing to, to, you know, have to think about why something you do that you obviously enjoy doing so much. Yeah. Like, to try and, like, pick it apart in little yeah. pieces. But um, she's not mad at him about it. Mm-hmm. And she's not mad about him breaking that broom. No. She gets over it, like, very quickly, so... Yeah, I mean, it, she does... She gets upset, 
Yeah. It says, um, that's my mum's broom. She gave it to me when I left home. It was so easy to fly on. Kiki said her voice full of tears. And then he says, sorry. Yeah. But then, oh, well, straight away. She's yeah. like, okay, you know. And, and she just kind of gets on. She says she pushed the tears that threatens to overflow back down into her heart. Oh, <laughs> you know what am I? <laughs> Next time I cry over something dumb, I'll try to do that. I mean, to me, that feels like repression, Kiki. Yeah. <laughs> but then That's she like she figures out a way to emotionally deal with it because, like, the next yeah. section when she's like building a new section of the broom. She's like, now it's half mum's and half mine. Yeah, exactly. Which, just yeah. Like... <laughs> Which is lovely. And I think that it's, it's really nice that she keeps that part of her mum's broom as well, because she doesn't have to. She no. made a whole broom from scratch when she was back home. Yeah. So she's starting to grow into like her, the tradition of things as well. Like mm -hmm. she wants to, whereas before she wanted to get out of home and she wanted to be on her own broom. She says it at the start, I want everything to be new. I don't want to take anything old with me. Now she wants that old with her. She's starting to feel connected to her mum and the old tradition of being a witch, I suppose. Um, and also she's she's like up for the challenge of making her own one and making it a smooth, a smooth ride. When she does make one, she realises that she wants to make it thicker. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she wants to, it's almost like a, she's making a life-saving broom. She's like, I want it to be sturdier. I want to make sure, yeah, she says, she's no, no longer interested in a broom with a slender, elegant handle like the one she'd made before. She needed the type of wood that'd be flexible enough to fly through the strongest winds like a fish in water. So mm -hmm. she's already finding new stuff out about herself. So, like, whereas before it was all about pretty, mm -hmm. now she's like, practical yeah. but not in a boring way no in a you know like she she wants to use it to help people she's envisioning saving someone else you know on the sea yeah so she's definitely come a, a quite a long way considering yeah. how long has she been there now she's done two jobs yeah so she must have been maybe like a month or two I yeah guess. i don't know yeah. a few weeks or something but yeah half a mum's broom yeah i thought that was sweet because she yeah. is, like, mourning it a little bit, but being like, okay, well, I can figure out how to deal with this. Yeah. And, yeah, she says half and half is best. Yeah. So, yeah. It is. It's lovely. And, yeah, she's... And then she obviously has to break it in a little bit because it's yeah. a bit... So there's, like, a little section of the sort of clumsy flying of just sort of... Yeah. And uh, and all the townspeople are looking at her like, what? Again, they're, they're still, they know she's there, but they're, they're not. still a little cautious of her. They haven't totally. Yeah, exactly. But um, I think they, yeah, they, they're kind of getting used to her. And then, yeah, then she gets another, she gets a phone call from the artist who's painted yeah. Kiki and Gigi. Yes. Uh, who they are, she asked them to go, she asked them to go and pick up the painting so that they can put it on display in an exhibition. And then she realises that she has no idea how that's going to work. Because, yeah. And I thought exactly the same thing. I was like, that's not going to work, girl. <laughs> You're holding like You're literally on a little stick. I mean, she can't yeah. carry. Exactly. The wind is going to take that away. Yeah. Um, so she decides that she's going to phone uh, Tombo oh, no. and, and get some help, which is lovely. So he basically, he, he did something terrible. 
He yeah. stole her broom. He <laughs> broke her broom. And she, I mean, apart from Asuna, he's, she's, he's the only person she knows in town. Yeah. Really. But she, she sees the good in him. Mm-hmm. And she sees that he's passionate about flying and stuff. So she asks him for help. And the way he helps her is genius, actually. Yeah. I like, yeah. The engineering involved in that is very cute. So he ties a bunch of helium balloons to the painting. So cute. And the image. I know we had drawn that as a picture. Yeah, because it's such a lovely image. But then she writes it so well in words, maybe, you know, like you don't need to draw it really. Yeah. It's beautiful. So. He, she, basically, they're they're confused. The artist's confused, and she's like, um, you know, what are you using balloons for? And she's all nervous about a painting. And Tombo just says, "No, we're going to give it a leash." And he's <laughs> totally confident in in the same way that Kiki's confident about her getting the job done. Yeah. They're very similar in that way. Once they're in their little comfort zones, they're just like, "I'm good at this." And again, they must be like the same age. Yeah. Love There's this artist who's like madly living in the woods, painting all these things. She gives her precious painting to two children. <laughs> and that's fine. That's uh, absolutely fine. Yeah, I kind of wish they named her, but yeah, they just say the artist. She, yeah. And, and <laughs> like, they say that Tombo is still unsmiling. Like, he's got a totally serious look on his face yeah. when he's like, you know, getting down to business. Making this, is his, this is his magic. It's like yeah, figuring exactly, stuff like this out. Exactly. And I, you know, I think that's part of it, isn't it? Is that the artist's magic is the painting. Yeah. Which, you know, they, they describe it, don't they? I, I mean, think the, the, the most, most beautiful black, black in the world. world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, a striking picture. Yeah. <laughs> but so everyone's got their own magic. And I, yeah. actually, that's, appar- that's apparent in the whole rest of this yeah. book. I well. think every character that we'll talk about has their own little yeah. bit of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it's nice that she, that Kiki knows she can't do it on her own. But she's come from pretty much saying that she's going to do it all on her own. Yeah. And she's, you know, to an extent, even though she's got a say no, she's still rocked everything else on her own, really. She just like gets a bit of feedback from her every now and again. Yeah. But this is proper teamwork for the first time. With a boy, no less. I know. <laughs> and then, like, after that, because it's so successful, then everyone are like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, yeah so it's basically like her flying a massive advert through town. <laughs> it's like those, uh, the plane things where they have the banners that they yeah, fly exactly. over exactly. the town. Yeah, it's essentially her flying a, a big picture of herself and Gigi. Yes. <laughs> <around Yeah>. town. <laughs> <laughs> And then look at me. I know. Um, and then like in return, the artist paints her a little shop sign. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So again, that's, there's that give and take. But then we have the interesting bit where Tombo says that the eyes of the painting aren't as pretty as Kiki's eyes. I know. It's like, oh, what's happening what? here? Mm. <laughs> what's Kiki's getting Kiki? a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> because Kiki's super naive about boys in this book she really is not so in the film but in this book she has no ideas no idea how boys work yeah like there's no that definitely was not a suggestions or anything yeah so no no that she had with her mom definitely not Uh, yeah 
So I don't even know if she knows about the bears and bees. She clearly doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she's so she's she's a bit thrown by the lovely eyes comment, but doesn't like really think about it too much. She it just says she couldn't help but find that strange. So they've sown the seeds there. We all know what's going on, obviously. It's a mystery to Kiki. Yeah. Um, I also like that uh, one of her slippers was missing. Oh, yes. In this next bit. Oh, that was cute. Yeah. And she thought... She thought oh, yeah, it because was it was the... Uh, oh, no. Well, we get... There's a thing with the slipper that we get after this scene, though. The next delivery with Gigi. So, basically, her next job pops up. 99 Go to Road. <laughs> 99 Goat Road. I love the roads. I want to see. I want to see a map of this town. Yeah. All of bizarrely natural road names. Yeah. So it's Violet and Chrysanthemum. Yeah. Oh, it's this is the washing the wash lady. Yeah, I love the washing. <laughs> so she's got weirdly she's got four tubs of washing. Yeah. And they're only in the the clothes are only in these four colours and they're eminently separate separatable because there's whites blacks blues and reds and then that's it yeah but uh this whole scene is basically just her becoming a washing line yeah which is like it's super cute yeah um, and this woman I'm, who's like a handy woman and she kind of compares herself to kiki which is quite yeah. sweet you know yeah, like yeah. Odd jobs. and again she's she's got her own magic yeah which is, you know, really nice. And she, she also is a, um, a low-key rap artist. Yeah, the scrub-a-dub, wap-a-dap. <laughs> she sings her own song. The weird thing with this is, Kiki went there to do, to get biscuits. Yeah. And ends up becoming a washing line. And again, it's really, really nice image that she's got all, there's a lovely illustration of it, all yeah. the clothes kind of like going out behind her. They go into quite minute description of which clothes go in which Oh, order. I loved that. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice. It's like just like a little rhythm. And because she's done it in a sing-song, she says, she yeah. said again in her sing-song voice, and it just goes, you know, like baby socks or baby skirt. Like it goes through each of them. And yeah. then it goes through every single colour. It doesn't just do it once. I know. But it's yeah, you can all make... storytelling method, I think. Yeah. It's lovely, and it, it really, you know, it kind of immediately helps you picture how long that line was. Even without that l lovely illustration, and it is a lovely illustration, you, you know, you get an idea of, of that, those clothes flapping through the air. Um, and I think it says that the noise the clothes made when they were in the, in the air... Oh, went from the whap-a-dap, whap-a-flap, whap-a-dap, yeah. flap yeah, they yeah changed the flutter flutter when they dried. Yeah, which is lovely. The sounds like you know, that's it's just perfect. Yeah, it's really nice. An odd job as a laundry pole. <laughs> <laughs> and um and yeah, so again, like they've she's gone from being just someone who flies and delivers things to doing something that is neither really. Mm. She's you know drying clothes. Um. And also, I guess, meeting a woman who is doing her own thing. Another woman who's doing yeah. her own thing doesn't rely on anybody else. Um, but yeah, like they, they enrich each other's lives in that. But well, in that little song that she says at the end, this is how a handy one makes do. If we manage, manage, then we're happy. If we don't, then we're not. Yeah. So she teaches her like a little, little life lesson. 
yeah. and, and it's not it really isn't kind of like pushed into your face again yeah. it's just done in a really kind of sweet way mm-hmm. and um i love how handy the woman is as well she makes a, her doorbell out of a bundle of walnuts nails and spoons i know i'm just i want to see that it's, it's so cool well i'm guessing it like the spoon taps maybe the walnut like as yeah, yeah i have no idea I was, I was thinking how could i construct one of these outside of oh, my yeah. door <laughs> But yeah, it's, it is like, uh, again, like she basically, she's making do. She yeah. gives Kiki as a, as a payment, she gives her some biscuits that went wrong, basically, that she now calls Stardust Biscuits, which makes them sound beautiful. So yeah, that, 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 that whole lesson of her kind of like learning to, to use what you've got and make do that she kind of comes out with, that's some, like a big old life lesson that she comes out of this little yeah. bit with but you wouldn't really know it no. if you know on it's on the surface if you're a little kid reading this book which you probably you know should be then uh then you just come out of that kind of thinking oh that was nice no. you know a nice little story but actually at the heart of it she's now like learned the little lesson that she puts into song at the end of the day and then um, I love that she's using the slipper as a microphone. Yes, that's the whole the slipper bit. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what slippers are for. So she's still that a kid. Should have been in the film them singing on. The- <laughs> yeah, totally should have been. But she, so she's still got that playfulness because the woman was very playful. Yeah. But you know, get get stuff done again, like not doing stuff in the conventional way. Mm-hmm. She, and she she's come to a like a town where basically everyone seems very serious yeah but actually look at the people who she's kind of like coming up against you know yeah. Asano is just generally lovely and generous unexpectedly there's the artist in the middle of nowhere painting weird pictures and stealing cats um and then you know like this woman with her her uh, songs and her washing but they're all just like again strong female characters getting on and doing stuff there's no guys in this apart from tombo yeah and then kind of the last group of people she helps though yeah not like yeah yeah, yeah, gender yeah necessarily yeah but it, it isn't it really is like just women oh wait no there's that. some really good men that we're gonna get to not this one oh, yes. afterwards oh yeah there are yeah, yeah, i love that <laughs> We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. But first of all, oh, yeah. So Kiki learns a little bit of a lesson. Yeah, about boys. <laughs> about boys and about being nosy. Yes. So, okay, I love this bit because first of all, it, it goes to show how naive Kiki is because she's she's so confused. And the girl, so the girl, so basically, a girl asks her to take a pen to a boy she likes. Because she's got a pen, a matching pen that she's wearing on her collar. And then yeah. he's going to wear it on his collar. And then eventually he'll work out that she's the one who gave it to him. I don't know if they'll smooch after that. Yeah. But she's hoping they will. I think she's meant to be maybe like a year older than her. Yeah, yeah. A little and, more mature. Yeah, and, and she is a bit snooty. Like they yeah. described the girl lifted her chin and looked down at Kiki. So yeah. she is a bit like, mm, mm, mm. Yeah. You know, you don't know about boys. And, you know, Kiki definitely feels very confused. Yeah. They, they, like the, 
it's definitely pushed quite hard here that she really doesn't know how it like anything at all about relationships yeah. or love like that's just like out of her comfort zone entirely um so it is super confusing but i guess because it is so confusing she decides that she wants to have a look at the uh at the note that yeah. is tucked into the present that she is taking so apparently the girl wrote the boy a poem yeah. <laughs> and i love that kiki's like i wrote a poem once and then her poem's about shoes and hats and laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It was, it's like, oh, yeah, a little kid poem. Yeah. It's like, oh, I wrote a poem once. And then you're like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so she's desperate to know what's in there. Mm-hmm. And this bit amused me as well, because she basically tries to get Gigi not to look. Like, she's yeah. like, you want to go for a walk over there, don't you? She's, she knows she, this is like something that maybe they won't share. Yeah. Really? Exactly. Yeah. Which is like at no point before this has she tried to get away from Gigi. Like yeah. she's said no secrets. So, so like it did make me a little bit sad because I thought, oh no. This is where it's they slowly start to <laughs> But it is just... like any of us, like there's certain things like, oh, there's a boy I like and there's like, Mom, go away, go away. Yeah, Don't yeah. Be in exactly. the room. <laughs> exactly. But you know, like he's she described him as a precious friend yeah. earlier on, but not for this. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, partly, I guess, because he'd judge her for it. Yeah. I think more that, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I mean, does she think that he, he probably frown upon it because she's yeah. not supposed to. Yeah. But also, yeah, like you say, it's, it's like an, it's something that so just like feels it, like it should be just for her yeah it's a, like your little secret you yeah, know exactly exactly and she's curious about it and, and Gigi really isn't they didn't have a conversation before that where they were like oh I wonder what that poem's about or anything yeah. that's that's you know Kiki's curiosity on her own yeah so obviously she has a look it's a glorious poem <laughs> it's the most awkward it okay this poem reminds me of like um it feels like the most British poem in the whole world. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I like you, but I don't. But I can't <laughs> look at you, but I want to look at you. But I won't look at you, but I will look at you. It's like, just tell him. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the poem constantly says, um, I want to do this, but for some reason I shy away. <laughs> it's very dramatic. Yeah. Very dramatic. But the the original poem does not tell him, does not give him any clues. It's very, very, like, mysterious. Yeah, there's no reason, no way they would know from reading yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely no way. Um, and then, obviously, horror happens. And um, not only does she drop the poem, but it ends up in a river, of course. <laughs> Dissolves. <laughs> Gigi is, like, horrified. By the whole and, he, and Gigi's like, this is your fault. This is not my fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was his fault last time. Yeah. So, you know. So, yeah. So, basically, he suggests that they, that she delivers the poem aloud. And then Kiki showing some, like, insight. Because I guess now she knows what the poem is about. Yeah. She's like, oh, this is, this is maybe, like, something that is a lot more intimate than I thought. You know, she's getting the idea here. Says, no, 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 no. Uh, let's write it on a leaf then. <laughs> so they write their own sweet version 
And it's so much better. It is. <laughs> but they unfortunately leave a little clue in but it. They do, yeah. Matching presents, um, silver, silver pens. pens. It was never in the original. I know. She did, she did. My God. She but gives I, herself away. I like one that I like that Kiki and Gigi wrote it together mm. and they remembered little bits of it together. So it's like they're back as a team again because I was a bit worried. So I'm quite glad <laughs> they're back as a team. But also that it, you know, it's a bit clunky. Yeah. Um, but still super, super sweet. And I like that the ends line of the other one is, but still I shy away. And theirs is, but still I, but I still play hide and seek. <laughs> so it's like they've put a more childish version yeah. in, in, uh, in to replace it. But they seem all right with that. They think, you know, they've done quite well. And uh, and hand it over, and he's yeah, he's a year older. This kid, but then like basically, Kiki gives it all away anyway. Yeah, he says, "I got this from a girl who's your secret admirer." Well, she's, she's so childish about it, so she's like, "There's a girl who likes yeah. you," <laughs> and she's all very much like, "Wouldn't you like to know?" Yeah, so, yeah. So it's funny because she did, before this, when she was delivering it and stuff, she didn't really know what was going on. But as soon as she read that poem, she's totally got it now. She's like clicked into this is, you know, this is the deal. Um, And then she's quite like interested in the fact that he does want to know who it's from. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's like, so I guess she was right. He does want to know. And, um, And she's like excited for the girl as well. Yeah, because so it seems like he's interested. He's like, ooh, yeah, yeah. And, and so whereas before she's she's gone from this like thinking the girl's a bit snooty and and you know she's trying to keep secrets from her and you know like she she's got this secret knowledge that Kiki doesn't have and they're very separate. Now Kiki's in on it. She's she's excited for her. So you know she's she's the situation will have changed when they see each other. They'll be like more on board. Which kind of goes to show that the girl should have been like a little bit nicer as well, quite frankly. So yeah, the girl reappears. Kiki confesses everything immediately. No, (laughs) she cannot tell a lie. (laughs) But yeah, I like that. Yeah, well, she can't hide it really because it was on a leaf. But she could have lied. She says, "Did, did a leaf somehow get in there when you were flying? But she's got an out. Yeah, she could have been she like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but then they become gal pals. I know. I love that they bond over it. Yeah. It's like, I thought you were cool. No, I thought you were yeah, cool. <laughs> and again, that's like, that's kind of quite rare that you have that admission of like thinking, oh my God, I thought you were an arsehole. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was an asshole. Maybe I would be more friends with people. <laughs> <laughs> I should just tell them. Oh, I thought you were kind of a jerk. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it, and it comes out really nicely. And I love that the girl who was batting her eyelashes earlier on in a kind of like oh mysterious way, then bats her eyelashes at Kiki this time in a smiley kind of like you're my friend yeah and they exchange names and they're basically called kiki and mimi i know which is the sweetest thing in the world <laughs> oh i could just see them oh 
Like, I hope in the future books, I assume there must be little adventures with Kiki and Mimi. I hope so. But yeah, it's, it is, it's, it's just done really sweetly. And I think, yeah, again, lesson learned at the end of this one mm-hmm. is that, you know, people have crushes on each other yeah. and boys exist, which she was getting towards earlier on with yeah. the pretty eyes moment anyway. Yeah, she's like, so, um, yeah. Now, pretty, the next one is my favourite one. <laughs> The, the belly bands. Yes, I want a belly band. <laughs> this one's so bizarre. Yeah. And obviously, coming from a knitting point of view, I'm just like, ever oh my heard God. of this? There's so much work involved. No. <laughs> please, I know you don't want to knit, but please make a belly band and see. <laughs> I need. We need to experiment with this. I'll make you a belly band for Christmas, Nora. Okay. okay. <laughs> This so needs to be a thing. I really want this to be such a weird one. Because like basically she so like she's come into this like there's an old lady on the phone who's talking really slowly. Like really like there's a lot of uh dots in between every single word, isn't there? Yeah. She's like her sentence takes forever. But she she's an old lady who's like, I need your help. <clears throat> so she says, you, you know, needs to come and help me. So then she she goes there. The old lady is still speaking really slowly, but as she's speaking, she's knitting at the same time. Oh my God, I'm sorry. I just Googled it. It's, it's a thing called haramaki, and it's a Japanese belly warmer. We, so they really are belly warmers. So it's it, there's a Japanese word for it, and it's specific to them. And it's, you because you know, like in sort of like the kimono dress, there's like the little oh, wrap. Yeah, sort of. yeah. So if you like look up, uh, it's these little knitted bands that you put around your stomach. And sometimes it'll be like in the on top of your shirt, or it can go underneath. Okay. Oh my God, yeah. That's so cool. I never heard about this. But yeah, I thought they were making it up. Oh, they've got like ones with little cats on and stuff. The tates want one. In a way. So like, are they made to make your band, like are they made to make your belly warm or are they for for like other purposes? Well, I think it's also for, uh, oh, here's like a history of it. Cause they talk for about- health, For health and fashion reasons. Yeah. Ew, this is this whole thing. Oh my gosh. Oh, so you can have a womb wrap? (laughs) (laughs) Also says the garment was meant to both provide warmth and serve as a talisman to ward away harm. Mm. Yeah, it's supposed to help the energy balance of your kidneys and your small and large intestines to keep them warm. (laughs) Says... During the um, the first uh, oh the Second World War, a soldier going off to fight was often given a senibari haramaki, thousand stitch belt by his family. A mother, sister, or wife would stand on the street and ask passing women to contribute a stitch until a thousand had been collected, and that was supposed to be the talisman. How lovely is that? How was this not in the film? <laughs> Very lovely. Oh, I love this. So it said modern ones don't have much in common with their historical predecessors. Um, that were they were made for armor. So yeah, okay. that that makes, makes sense. sense. Um, a simple tube of fabric, much like a tube top, worn around the midriff as opposed to the chest. Okay. So it kind of looks a bit like a corset. 
Yeah. But yeah, health and fashion reasons. I mean, kind of oh, cramp. and in the, oh, 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 so here's a thing that says to ease menstrual cramps as well. Ooh, that makes sense. Yeah. That totally makes sense. It's a Japanese core warmer. I love this. I like <laughs> something new. I like the, the armor thing and the talisman for warding off harm. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of surprised actually that they didn't use the Japanese name for it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Possibly it was a choice in the translation. Yeah. But you could have said, like, <clears throat> she's making Haramaki's belly warmers yeah. as a way to, like, teach you about this thing, because otherwise it just sounds kind of weird. Well, this is why I was like, this chapter is bizarre. <laughs> because she's just basically made up a thing that she then wants everyone to wear. Because yeah. not it isn't just that she has, you know, she's got one on and she wants other people to wear them. Everything in her house has one. Yeah. Like she, she wants to give one to Gigi so she takes it off of a flask of tea mm-hmm. because it's probably the right size so clearly everything she's graffiti knitted her yeah. entire house with belly burns is this you? Is this it a is about you? I think it is me yeah. <laughs> I often can't, can't string sentences together while I'm knitting as well so. <laughs> but also I love that when as soon as she finishes knitting and snips the arm with the scissors she can talk normally yeah, that's like she was concentrating really hard. But yeah, so that the the idea is that she knits a belly band, and the belly band makes everything better. Yeah, basically. And um, so she wants to give a gigantic belly band to her son, who doesn't want it. <laughs> basically, who is on a boat somewhere. Yeah. Um, and it's so big that when. Kiki flies to give it to him. She's wearing it like a cape. <laughs> it's massive. Absolutely massive. Uh, yeah, you must want me to deliver the elephant's belly burn, she says. <laughs> but yeah, so she has to take it to this boat in the middle of the sea. Again, bit, a bit of peril. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she flies all the way out there. Um, <clears throat> again, like I don't know if it's mentioned here or at the end of this chapter, but she wants to learn how to knit by the end of it. Yeah. She's like that, you know, that would be a nice skill to have picked up. But, um, but yeah, so she basically flies this massive belly band out to the boat, which is a boat that's full of fat sailors. <laughs> and she's looking for the <laughs> belly that will fit the belly band. Yeah. <laughs> A bunch of fat sailors who are uh, carrying a cargo of precious wine, which they have in, they have packed really badly by the yes. sound of it, uh, across choppy water. No one's fought anything through in this entire trip. No. Um, and they're not fat. They're all wearing like 50 belly burns <laughs> each. Like, uh, honestly, okay, not having known that the... the the history and background of these belly bands. Yeah. The armor thing and the, you know, keeping from harm thing. Because clearly, if I'd known that at the start of this chapter, then I would have been like, oh, that's really sweet. She wants to keep them all safe. So she keeps giving them belly bands. Like, you know, oh, maybe just another one just to help you out. So, but without that prior knowledge, I found this chapter richly bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) What it is it? like they, there should have been a line of her maybe like the woman yeah. explaining the his like something the haramaki are yeah, for exactly 
because basically they're all uncomfortable to the point where they can't really move properly because they've got <laughs> like 50 belly bands around them yeah and um and then the sea's getting choppy and kiki comes up with the idea of putting the belly bands around the bottles to um so you know like make sure that they don't bang against each other which is lovely and then one belly band goes around the funnel of the ship yeah which apparently helps repair it which is, <laughs> <laughs> is kind of lovely yeah this is the weirdest chapter i just thought it was brilliant it's so funny but it's lovely that just the imagery even without there's a lovely illustration in the book yeah. of them, them, them lifting their shirt lifting their <laughs> With their belly bands of many different colours. But um but it is super, super sweet. And just like the fact that they've gone they've allowed the inconvenience of wearing all those belly bands because they just want to please the mum. Yeah. And they're all like big burly sailors, you know, like floating around in the middle of choppy seas, but they're all wearing these lovely hand knitted fluffy things because they don't want to upset his mum. Yeah. I think that's really sweet. But then, but then at the end it says there's a news story and they all caught colds because they I weren't know. wearing their belly bands. We're out at sea, it's cold, you have to stay warm. <laughs> but yeah, that's just sad. Why didn't they leave at least one on? Yeah. Yeah, utterly, utterly bizarre. <laughs> but yeah, the news story basically says a massive success at the end of the day. They made it there, the wine was lovely, the wine sold but expensively extortionate amounts because it was pretty fired up by the belly bands that yeah. were around it. But unfortunately, all the sailors got um, horrible colds. Did so. innocent uh, drinks read this and that's why they put the little hats on their smoothies? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Inspired. Inspired. Um, and also, I like that um, Gigi's super proud of his belly band by the end of it because yeah. it makes him a little bit different. So weirdly, he's having the same kind of insecurities that Kiki is. Mm-hmm. And he's a lot more like not showing his emotions, hardcore, this is all fine. But he's not fine, is he? If he wants to kind of stand out a little bit yeah. with his belly band. So yeah, he's like, the, that witch's cat is different from normal cats. That's very sweet. That he's, he's wearing his, I think it's like two different colours. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then yeah, she asks the woman to teach her how to knit in return because she wants to learn different skills. Yeah. So she is definitely growing. And then of course she's going to knit for her parents. So sweet, so sweet. So yeah, lesson learned at the end of that one. Yeah, is the importance of belly burns. I know. <laughs> Stay warm, guys. Exactly. Up. But also just the, the fact that she, she's really learning to think on her feet. Like, it's not all about the flying at all anymore. Yeah. The flying's becoming less and less part of what she does for people. Mm-hmm. She is now becoming the handy woman, really, where she just yeah. puts her mind to everything. So it's kind of nice to see. But yeah, warm bellies from now on. Definitely. <laughs> and then we get the biggie. Where Kiki delivers the new year. I know. This was <laughs> very sweet. She definitely, you know, was, she was a little smarter than the grown-ups in this one. <clears throat> she was. And, and I think also you get a sense in this one that this is when the town finally accepts her. 
the thing is, the town finally accepted her a few times. Yeah. Like, you know, she's she did the boat uh, the boat rescue on the sea. That was like a biggie. Um, and she's had like, she's definitely had moments where everyone's kind of been watching. Yeah. But I guess this is the whole town, not mm. just like little bits of the town. But so they have this tradition where they all run around the whole town at midnight, which I also oh, love. I mean, you can have a very big town to do yeah. that I, I, it's like a little mini marathon i suppose yeah. um and i like that kiki's like i i don't i want to do it properly so i'm not gonna cheat i'm gonna you know like i'm gonna get down there and run with the rest of you and she's gonna run with her, essentially her new family yeah which is oh, no, the baby and her unnamed husband. husband um and yeah so she's i mean she's clearly settled in I, what time of year did she arrive spring Spring. So she's getting there now, isn't she, really? Where she's been there quite a long time. She kind of wants to take part in the tradition. But what surprises me about this is the underhand <laughs> suggestion from the young mayor. I know. Oof, I don't like him. So, yeah, it's interesting as well, because, like, they say the mayor's young, but he's proved himself yeah. by, by his kind of, by what he's done. So you're a little bit like, okay, so he, you know, he's... He's definitely not done things like everyone else. Yeah. He's not got a handle on things quite right. And then the clock breaks. So he's like, Oi, Kiki. Kind <laughs> of just like nip over there and steal a bit of their clock. Yeah, and just they won't notice it and then just put it back afterwards. <laughs> bizarre. Because like eventually, you know, when she gets there and works out, she can't steal a little bit of their clock because then they won't have midnight. How did no one think of that before? Yeah. Like, like that I, their New Year's isn't as important as... Yeah, and I initially just thought they were going to maybe send her to a place to pick up a cog or something. Yeah. But no, they wanted, they literally wanted her to steal it, and she was like, all right then. <laughs> I think Gigi was a bit like, should we be doing this? Yeah. But she was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm on it. That's fine. Um. So yeah, that was... So she goes off to this other town. Uh clearly sees that it's going to be horrifying if she does steal it which makes a lot of sense and makes a very grown-up and moral decision Mm -hmm. that she won't steal a bit of it but then still decides that she's gonna do make magic happen yeah um which i think is is kind of you know is a very sweet side to her is that she doesn't want to let anyone down although she does run herself a bit ragged i think i mean it's not really down to her if it were me, I'd go back to the mayor and say, sorry, mate, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do it. You but know, if you're an adult, be responsible. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, but they won't. Just put it all on a 13-year-old girl who you've yeah. known for less than a year. That's fine. As well as, like, the uh, clock repair guy as well, the clockmaker yeah. or whatever. Also, she's had no interaction with, with the mayor at all. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's like, I've heard of this delivery person. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so she she takes a massive run up to 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 get to the top of the clock. So she's she goes back as far as she can. I guess the clock is very high, so we haven't like it hasn't kind of properly been described. But it must well be in the higher. beginning she said like a ladder up to heaven. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. So it must be like fairly. She hasn't been up there before. Yeah. Um. So she, yes, yeah, so she takes a big old run up, and then oh, at one point though she does. There's a bit where basically the mayor was like, 
uh, you know, we can't do it. We, she makes a suggestion saying, oh, maybe we could do this instead or that instead. And the mayor basically says, no, we're not going to do it like that. So he only shuts down ideas. He doesn't give any others. And Kiki just goes, this guy. I know. <laughs> She's not enjoying his company. I love it. Very exhausted with it. She does it. She keeps it in. She's still super lovely. I mean, part of me just kind of wants her to go off on one mm-hmm. because she's kept it in the whole time. I'm like, oh, yeah. well, the little bit where she's like, I'm telling you, it'll be all right. I'm a witch. I can handle it. And then yeah. she just like shoes them away. Like, get yeah, out of my yeah. way. Go. Yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. Which is, you know, I mean, she's very much been trying to prove herself the whole time. But I, I, you know, really, they don't deserve her. They mm-hmm. do not deserve her. Because she is a sweetheart and she's gone well out of her way. And it's a pretty dangerous thing that she does as well. But the description of like the amount of like uh, went hurtling towards the face of the clock, accelerating even more. Then just as about as she was about to crash, she grabbed the big hand with both of hers and used the momentum to push it up up towards the top of the face. That's like, oh my God. Yeah. And then she like <laughs> flings back. because, the, yeah. because of... And then it, yeah, it flings her away. Yeah. So she's, yeah, like, yeah. Kiki was flung all the way to the outskirts of the town. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and that's quite a big town. And then she realizes she did it five minutes too early. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're not telling anyone. This but is her I... keeping a seat, her first secret. It's like, just let's, they're not going to say anything. <laughs> I mean, she looks at her watch and I was like, well, everyone else is going to have a watch, right? So it's fine though. Yeah. It still happened. But yeah, I like, and then she, she still, she cheats a little bit and, you know, flies there and then she, she still runs with them. Yeah. Which again is, is a super sweet, you know, of her being part of the whole town and also not wanting to take credit for it. But then she gets given credit. Like, I think, yeah. is it the mayor who tells everyone? I think so. No, it's a clockmaker. It's not yeah. the mayor. The, the mayor is spreading the word about you. Yeah. And he says, it's pretty handy to have a witch who can use magic like that in our town. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, Sono says, I'm proud too because I've thought that all along. Oh, it's the moment. <laughs> So, so yeah, lesson learned there is that she's better than the grown-ups, basically. Yeah, definitely. As far as I can tell. Um, Reminds me of uh, Matilda a little bit, Roald Dahl. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> also with the trunch ball kind of like swinging that boy around. <laughs> <laughs> but also Gigi loses his belly band in the, oh. in the uh, kerfuffle, which is a very sad moment for all yeah. involved. Because he loved that belly band. Mm-hmm. You really did. Yeah. So, yeah, this next one's a bit of a a, a weird one. Yeah, I'm not sure this is my favourite one. I, can, yeah. I get it, but they could so have I, ended on the New Year yeah. one. I felt like this one was tacked on a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it, the long and short of it is that because she gets these musical instruments back for these snooty people mm-hmm. and plays a song when she's uh, flying back in, yeah. is that they already love her in the town. Yeah. It's super clear that, you know, they're already all on board and, and you know, she's she's one of them. She's yeah. their witch now. Well, I think the only thing to point out is because they kind of use this in the film is that she, like, 
flies into a moving train, like in yeah. the sort of open hatch on the top. Yeah. Yeah. Inside. It's very, it's a very dramatic, like there's a point where she's, she's falling off and then Gigi opens the door at the last minute. It's just like, woof. Yeah. But yeah, I like it. I did. I, I'm like you. I thought this. There's no point in this one. <laughs> yeah. There really isn't. And um, it's a nice image. Her flying through the air with the musical instruments. But we've done it a couple of times before now. Yeah. With the balloon, balloon picture and the washing. So yeah, I mean it's fine. The illustrations lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that. Her and she's playing the cello, and uh, Gigi's playing the violin. I think it's very sweet, <laughs> really cute. But um, but yeah, not much going on with this chapter. It seemed like a weird one. And then she goes home. Her year is done. Yeah, she's already done. She's she's brought in the sound of spring, and then off she goes. And it, is it where she says she's going to go for fifteen like, days? Fifteen days, and then she. She's like, oh God, it's boring. <laughs> I know. Well, I like the at the line, like she's like, gets home, happy to see her parents, and then she immediately becomes the child again. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah, like yeah. such an amazing insight. Cause we yeah. all know, like, when we go back home to visit our parents, we immediately revert back to like being little kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you'd think that she'd be comfortable with that because that's what she's missed the whole yeah. time. But actually she's like Mm. yeah and we all know like there's like the expiration date you can't of like when you go back to your parents yeah. like you can't actually yeah forever yeah and I like that she she knows she's coming back like even when she goes and she kind of says all right I'm going for this long and she puts a little note up that says sorry for the disruption but I'm going on vacation for a little while and then in brackets like a little while is about 10 days <laughs> just like just so you know just yeah. so you're not worried. So she's already like concerned about them missing her and stuff. She knows, I think, yeah. that she's got a home there. Um, and and that's like, yeah, it shows that she's properly settled in to like who she is. Mm-hmm. So even though she's going back home and she's got this big um, worry that she, has she been a success? Like that's the, the main thing is that, you know, she's worried that her, She's going to go back and, and are her parents going to be like, oh, well, I haven't done very well, which will never happen. No. But yeah, it says um, she was unexpectedly anxious. Have I really succeeded? Before she came of age, she might have bragged to everyone. Look, look at all I've done. Are you proud of me? But now she didn't feel confident, even with Gigi telling her that she did a fine job. She needed someone else to confirm it was true. Mm-hmm. So she's going home for that like proper. I mean, she wants her mum. Yeah. basically to to say that she's done well yeah. but in the heart of hearts i think she already knows doesn't she and so. her parents like they like she learned this new skill of how to knit and they're impressed by it and yeah exactly exactly and 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 also she's you know she's thoughtfully like made them presents and mm-hmm. i like that Gigi bought them a present as well yeah <laughs> it's a little that was, really was the color of the sea um, but yeah, we got the little uh, bit with Tombo mm-hmm. where he writes her a little note. Oh, oh Tombo. Uh, so he's made, he's basically bought her a bag that's got a cat on it. So yeah. Fiji is obviously as impressed as she is. I want that bag. I want that bag too. Yeah. It's not out of the question that that bag could be made to exist, I think. 
And I like that Gigi says, it was pretty thoughtful of him to choose a black cat design, Gigi noted in Tombo's defense. So he's already team Tombo, already. Yeah. Which is, you know, they're both. But yeah, she, so Kiki doesn't show Gigi the note. Mm -hmm. Saying that he'll be waving at her from the bridge. Yeah, that's her yeah. little secret. Yeah. Just like she didn't want to, sh her to tell him that she wanted to read that poem either. So I think in matters of love, there's definitely a, um, a, a separation going on between those two, mm -hmm. which breaks my heart. Oh, wait, though the line, it's perfect when she's getting ready. She's sort of like hanging out with Gigi and she's deciding that she wants to go back and she's packing. She's saying what she's going to bring back for everyone yeah. uh, when she leaves. And he says, are they secrets this time too? Yeah. In reference to the stuff yeah. about Tombo. And, yeah. and so she's yeah. like, no. And she tells him. Because yeah, he realizes kind of their relationship yeah. changing as and well. Are, I think they are starting to, you know, grow apart a little mm. bit. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and she's, yeah, she's, um, she's knitted some belly bands. <laughs> It's the perfect present, don't you know? Belly bands. I like that um, she made Gigi a belly band as well. Yeah, well, because he lost his, so. And he I made it so you can look fancy when you go home. Yeah. Like, that's just the sweetest thing. So she, she, and also, she kept it a secret from him. And I think he feels a little bit uncomfortable about that as well. Yeah. Because he was, he's like, where did you find the time to knit three belly bands when yeah. we spend all our time together? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a parting of ways happening. Mm -hmm. A parting of ways. So, yeah, off she goes back home. There's Tombo on the bridge, nerdily waving up at her. <laughs> so, you, you know, that's it. There, you know, he cycled all that way. She detoured so that she could wave at him. And, um, yeah, Gigi says, did you know he'd be there? And she doesn't answer. Oh, that's because she's replaced you, Gigi. I know. Replaced you with that nerd. He's super sweet, though. The illustration is so sweet because his legs are so skinny. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a gangly little kid. <laughs> I think it was page 184. He's, yeah. like, he's so excited, though. Oh, and but he has all the little bandages on his knees. Yeah, it's so, he's like, oh, bless. But I, like, I love that she, even though she waves at him, Gigi asks if she's going to say a proper goodbye, and he, yeah. and she doesn't want to. So she's still got, like, that independent side to her, and she's mm -hmm. still, she's still in whatever mode she's in now. She's not quite come of age yet. She's not ready to let Gigi go. She's not willing to kind of, like, have a boyfriend or anything but she's on the edge of it she's waving you know it's it's very sweet um and the fact that he that Gigi says don't you know don't you feel bad not waving goodbye she's just like this is enough so she's still mm -hmm. a boss yeah of everything she doesn't need him she don't need him but she'll give him a token token wave from the yeah. broom <laughs> bye goodbye <laughs> Um, and I, <clears throat> the other bit I loved, loved, loved was 
Her broom soared smoothly, flying no differently from Kakiri's old broom. When did her kicking filly learn to cruise so nicely? Aww. See, she's she's totally like learned how to be a proper like person in her own right. Yeah. Um, it's lovely. And it without having to kind of like compromise or anything. Um, but also she she didn't realise it was happening. So all those lessons that she's learned all this this all this time have all like come together. But it's not been a painful process. She's like grown rather than been shoved forward. Um, and yeah, I think her and her kind of getting becoming one with the broom, as it were, is a yeah, it's a lovely way of kind of showing it. Um, and it says the bits of joy and wonder that she had shared with the people of Corico became clear as well. So all those kind of connections she's made. So this really is. The journey back home, I think, is very much her kind of revisiting everything and, and thinking it all through. Yeah. Um, but it also says the journey went much faster than, than it had a year ago. Mm -hmm. So she's, she's learnt a lot more. She flies a lot faster. Yeah. Um, and I guess she's, she really wants to get to that ending now. She doesn't want to stop and dawdle and look at 800 different things. She wants to get there be told that she's done a good job and then go back and start living her life and yeah. abandoning her cat. <laughs> and be like, this is my home. Yeah, exactly. And, it's not and just this experiment. When she gets back, she immediately smells of old bean soup and it's right, you're right back to the start again with that kind of smell of home. And, um, yeah, it's, it's deep breaths of the homey scent as they landed softly in the garden. Mm -hmm. And I like that she kind of sneaks up on them as well. Yeah. They didn't realise that she was coming. And she arrives at the exact moment that she left a year before. Maybe so that's the witchiness of it. <laughs> she knows her stuff. Um, and yeah, it's a lovely, it's lovely uh, reunion with her parents considering that she's only written to them, as far as I know, even though we know phones exist. Yeah. But maybe, because they're rural, maybe they didn't have phones, though. I guess? I don't know. I, I do question that point, that they can only write to each other. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, I mean, that out. I mean, part of the whole thing. She's not allowed to go back home for a year. Yeah. So it could be, like, you know, part of it. Is that yes. you're just out? You're not allowed to get advice from your parents at any you point. Write a few more letters. <laughs> you could have written more. Yeah. I mean, she might have written more. We don't know. We only we're only told of one. Uh, 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 uh. Oh yeah, and the dad um, stands back and watches the gleeful reunion with a smile. So he's like, "These are my girls." I know. But Really, it's it's Kiki and the mum, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of seeing each other after all this time. And earlier on, there was a bit which we didn't talk about, which was the letter that Kiki's mum sent her. Oh, yeah, about being in the grassy field. Where, yeah, she basically was just Kiki for a day. Yeah. She missed her so much. So it's, yeah, it's really sweet that she, you know, he stands back and he's just like, let them have their moment. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, Dad! Like, what about me? <laughs> She basically just tells them everything in one yeah. massive, like the whole story in, in yeah. a squealing and fussing, a rush of happy squealing and fussing. <laughs> I love it. 
So she's basically like old school Kiki again, like she was at the start where she was just like, and they were like, calm down, yeah. girl. Yeah. And then obviously she busts out the belly bands. Yeah. Which uh, impresses everyone concerned. And then, yeah, this bit's lovely where she says, I'm pretty sure that the old lady had some um, magic. Pretty sure the old lady puts her own mysterious powers into the belly bands mm. when she knits them. And um, the mom says, lots of older people seem to have powers like that. So basically, they've all got witchcraft. All the old ladies are witches. I, I mean, every woman in this story has pretty much had some thing or another about them. Um, especially the ones that she kind of comes up against uh, for her like deliveries and stuff. So there's a hint, although they don't kind of say it, that you know, witchcraft is still around. And then Gigi busts out his little shell, which is the colour of the sea. Um, which is, yeah, like super sweet that he's brought them something from their world. Because mum's never seen the sea as well. So, yeah, that was really nice and thoughtful. Um, but yeah, then Kiki has some insight about witches. Because obviously can't end the book. <laughs> without some insight um, where she yeah basically says that it isn't about magic it's about talking to people yeah like in communication and the friendships that you make and uh, yeah she says and when people see a witch up close they re they realize that we don't all have pointy noses and gaping mouths we can discuss things and maybe come to understand each other so I guess like she's I mean, she's been, the mum's been in like quite a safe space in terms of her witchcraft, where everyone knows that, that she's a witch and they probably always had a witch or whatever. Whereas Kiki's kind of like crossed a massive bound, boundary where they, you know, they haven't had a witch before and they had a lot of prejudices. Um, and she's managed to break it down, but also there's a hint there that that's what's going on with the magic as well is that they've kept themselves at a distance from moving on. And that maybe if they were out there a little bit more, then, you know, things would be a lot better for the witches too. That's so just she like a told... great life lesson. Like, you know, you, maybe you don't understand these someone or these people, but if you just sit down and talk to someone, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And she's, I mean, she had her own kind of prejudices as well. The mum clearly is a world away from that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, she's a bridge, isn't she? Between the, the, the two different worlds, I suppose. And then, um, and mum's like, you've nailed it. <laughs> Basically. Very proud. Uh, yeah, Kino looked at Kiki with wonder filled eyes as if he was seeing his daughter for the first time. So I don't know what's going oh, there. <laughs> what did he think before? <laughs> but she's not a baby anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So he's he is having a moment as well. Um, and then Wait, like, they, I want to know if they can visit her. Can they not? Like, well, I think maybe they can now. Yeah. I I just think of that first year she was literally meant to be in isolation. I I still can't get over how harsh it is. Really. Isn't that like a Native American? thing as well 
where they send I, I remember just in history class reading about like young boys being sent off to the woods to like survive on their own for sort of a certain long period of time yeah that makes sense I, yeah I believe that sounds that sounds very uh familiar yeah so maybe but yeah it's definitely like a rites of passage kind of thing isn't it yeah you go out, kill yourself a bear and come back with the bear skin yeah. on your head yeah exactly you go in with nothing and then you have yeah. to come out a man <laughs> yeah exactly um and like you say she kind of like falls back into her own ha- old habits for a little while which is comfy yeah but, um but she can't put up with it and she's like no um also i think it's interesting that people in the town are like how pretty you've gotten oh she's uh, grown up <laughs> she's like confidence as well like just you know yeah and um and she does say you really can't beat home but then she says but five days of this she's <laughs> like i really miss home yeah so she's clearly moved home to somewhere else which you know where she's comfortable and she's got a purpose i suppose which is what she wanted in the first place and she talks about like her new friend and even Tombo. I know. <laughs> Tombo. What I love, it says, the sight of him on that bridge, waving for all he was worth, stayed in some corner of her heart, pulling her back to Corico. Like, ah. So she's definitely now decided that that's where she's going to be. Uh, and she's all right with it. And she feels like a real sense of like responsibility for the town now. Yeah. Longing to return was strange and unexpected, even for her. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, she tells her parents that she's going to go back. And there's a moment of them, like, being, what? And then her feeling a little bit bad about it. Then her mom sort of realizes, like, I get it. Because she remembers when she was young, being like, oh, I have a new home. I want to go back to it. And that's when you kind of realise that her mum did the whole thing as well. Yeah. And wonder where the mum came from. Did she come from somewhere smaller? Did I still want that backstory. Desperately want that backstory. I might write to uh, to what's Can, her name? Condona. And yeah. ask her. Give me the backstory. I need to well, maybe know. one of the other books, you know, <laughs> has a little oh, bit maybe, more about it. Maybe. I definitely, yeah. I definitely think there's there's a lot more to it, but I like that that um that the mum's like I do get it, because initially she is like, oh what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to be here for longer, but then she's like, no, I have to let you know, let you go, and then she's like, but please come back next year. So mm-hmm. again, why can't you just visit her? <laughs> <laughs> there are a few you'll, things that I have questions about. You'll get by without their sneeze medicine. Yeah. I'm sure. You can make but, some like stock that they can use while you're away. <laughs> yeah, stockpile it. Uh, yeah, so she's going to. There gonna... are cars in this world as well. Oh, they never mention them. Oh, do they not? No, I guess they don't. not. No. Well they... well, they mentioned aviation, obviously. No, they didn't. They didn't. But he used the word aviation. Yeah, but he meant. Shoes, carpets, and brooms. So yeah. I don't think they have planes, and I don't think they have cars. Not in this. They have one. trains. So that yeah, they have trains. Yeah. Yeah. But they have. They never mention anything like that. Yeah. So maybe they don't. But obviously, I mean, like 
there is in theory a way for them to get to a train station that they can get to where she yeah yeah but i mean there's definitely no like hard mention of like traffic or anything okay maybe they don't i don't know and then yeah she takes a bell for Tom to her boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and then she takes some sneeze medicine for Sono, which is very And strange. and she um the mum keeps the bells for, for Kiki's future daughter yeah. as well, which is super cute. And um yeah. I like it's just it yeah. I I think it's sad that they go around and take all the bells down from the trees. Yeah. But then I guess, you know, you've gotta let go sometime. They're yeah. very good with just drawing a line under things. I want to hang on to that nostalgia forever. I know. I'm like, they should have just kept those bells on the trees and then the mum would have thought of Kiki every time they rang. But yeah. no, they're like, no, she's gone now. No Isn't there some quote that nostalgia is like the most dangerous thing or something? <laughs> it feels like it. Yeah. I clearly, I'm just terrible at letting, do, letting go. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, yeah, parents... Letting her, you know, saying goodbye to her properly now because she's, you know, they know she's not ever going to live back home again. Their touching final words are, see you. That's it. They're just like, see you. It's just, it's not a final goodbye. Like, they will see her. I don't know. I guess. They're very chill about it again. I'm like, okay, it's fine, guys. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, no, 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 she could hear the bell faintly ringing in the bag, hanging from her broom, because <clears throat> it's reminding her of her future with her boy, she's going to smooch. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and she calls Koriko uh, our town. Yeah. And she comes back as well, which is lovely. Yeah. Really, I'm buying this for my nieces and nephews. <laughs> It is. It's so sweet. And she's There's so many lessons in it. It's really impressive. Yeah. And, you know, like I say, they're not hard, harsh lessons. They're not slap you in the face kind of lessons. Yeah. And I like that she was kind of uncomfortable being back at home mm-hmm. when she finally got there. You know, that she was like, okay, but I can't go back to who I was because I'm someone different now. And it's like when I visit my parents, it's not my home home yet anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a connection, like, I feel safe with them, but yeah. this is not where I live, this is, or exist. Yeah. yeah, and as someone who's moved back home a couple of times, <laughs> you don't want to stay there. Yeah. And certainly, like, in quarantine period, like, yeah. my parents have asked me, do you want to come back yeah. and stay? And it's sort of yeah. like, no, because that's not... Yeah, it's not who you are now, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Overall, it's just a lovely book. Yeah. It's very, like... It's an amazing book. I just... <clears throat> five star, you know, five out of five. Yeah, yeah and e- e- even if I hadn't seen the film, I would love the book. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it, it was charming, it was gentle, and it had such good heart to it. And also, strong female characters throughout. Yeah. With, with much like with the um, Studio Ghibli films, like no explanation for it, no saying, "Oh, we're going to have girls do this because yeah. girls need bigging up." It just is. I mean, and, and this is, you know, this yeah. is in the seventies. This is not a modern yeah. story. Because no, no. there's a lot of books where I don't love, where it's like, "Look at us, we're woke. We're yeah. having a feminist, yeah. you know, retelling yeah. of something." And I'm yeah. just like, "Oh, that's not real life." 
Yeah, I feel like like I, I always much prefer stuff that, that, you know, just like gently puts thoughts into your head. That sounds sinister. <laughs> but gently like kind of like, you know, tells you these important things but without smacking you in the face with it, yeah, you know? That's I, exhausting. I, and kids aren't want to, will want to engage with something that just like, yeah, huge exactly. signposting. This yeah. is a feminist moment. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, I, I feel like I lived in that world with her for that year. I feel yeah. like I, you know, like wandered around that town and, you know, you really feel like she, you watched her become a part of it. And it was mm-hmm. awkward. Like, you know, those teenage years are, and she did a lot of things that you just were like, oh, no, don't do that. But she got through it. And at the end of it, you just felt like she's going to be all right now. And, um, and you know, she'll just like go from strength to strength. She's got like a little family there yeah. as well as having a family back home. Hopefully her parents will come down and her mum gets to see the sea at some point. I know, or that'd be nice. I wonder where Maymay is, her, cat, her mum's cat. Yeah, I know what happened there. Yeah. Need to know. <laughs> So then we have the film. I know. Which is so, a different kettle of fish. Yeah, I mean, it, but it is the book, I think, in essence. But to honestly... Oh, to a point. Yes. And in, in essence, in fact, I'll write this down. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, Kodono insisted on three things when yeah. she found that the film, they were going to adapt it into a film. She wanted to keep the title... She wanted to keep the worldview in it mm-hmm. and she wanted to keep Kiki's personality. Yeah. And other than that, she said, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I only want to see it when it's done. So, and I feel like they did exactly that. Yeah. So, Captured yeah. the feeling of the book, which is, you know, we could talk about that, you know, in all of this stuff of doing this project of looking at these adaptations, even if this, this sort of, Textually, the story is quite different. There's a heart of a book that you can capture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes, even when you do exact adaptations, you don't capture the heart of it. It's not no, there. No. Yeah. And I think in this case, I think the, the heart of it was captured very well. Yeah. I, I feel like Kiki was a different Kiki, mm-hmm. but that she still had the same heart in there, the same kind of sense of the world and the same. Uh, like view of other people she definitely seemed a lot more switched on in the yeah. film like so yeah the film came out in 1989 in japan yes. mm-hmm. and it so it was directed and adapted by hayao miyazaki so, so when, was when the, was the book out book 75 75 so quite yeah. a while yeah so I have a feeling the book probably must have had some sort of audience in Japan to get yeah. it to that point. Yeah, yeah. It's also, like none of the books that he adapts aren't—they're all sort of established authors. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he adapted it, but though interestingly, I have a few notes just kind of on the production of it. Hmm. He wasn't the original person on it so he was a producer and the first script was written by Nobuyuki Ishiki not pronouncing it probably right and Tsunoyo Katabuchi who is the director of In This Corner of the World which is a really good animated film yeah but and they he was Katabuchi was scheduled to be the day this is his debut as a director 
And then Ishiki left the project and Miyazaki went back and didn't like the script. Okay. And so he rewrote the script and then I think scared Katabuchi because it's Miyazaki. It's like, you do it. You're better at this. <laughs> um, and then he took over directing it. But this kind of also comes into play in that uh, Kodono was originally not happy with the script. And I think it was probably Ooh. with the original screen uh, okay. writer and that they had to go visit her and Miyazaki had to convince her to let them keep going with it. So, so I think part of that was probably him doing the rewrite of it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense because <clears throat> Kiki's obviously very precious to her. And yeah. if they didn't keep to those three things that she told them that they needed to keep to, then uh, yeah, she would have said a big fat no. Glad she did though. <laughs> exactly. So I think yeah, she did have more involvement. I guess. I mean, these aren't her words, yeah. but like just reading in between the lines, and that she wanted it to be, you know. Yeah. I, well, the so the the thing about keeping the title worldview and Kiki's personality were her talking about what she said when she found out that Miyazaki was doing it. Yeah. So they, I guess they didn't address the one before. But yeah. that was what she had said to him. But that, I mean, that makes sense because, yeah, it definitely st sticks to those particular things in the film. But the storyline, once you get past that initial bit, is is wildly different. Yeah. From basically from the pick up little bits from the book and kind of... Beach. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it starts off almost exactly the same. Yeah. But so before this film came out, Studio Ghibli had released Castle in the Sky, Grave of the Fireflies, and My Neighbor Totoro. And the latter two uh, came out as a double bill in 1988 and did not do well. So at this point, Ghibli wasn't making no. money. So you're telling me Grave of the Fireflies and Totoro came out? No, no, no. Castle in the Sky. <laughs> I was going to say, those, that combo was... Oof. <laughs> <laughs> right audience. So those two came out together. Okay. And they actually were not making money really right. at that point. Okay. Uh, so this film was their savior because it right. came out that uh, the third highest grossing film of that year in Japan behind Rain Man, Indiana Jones. Oh God. Wow. Yeah. So that was like, they were really happy about it. And also, I really liked the line from him. There's the interview and he said that about this kind of, because this was a, a shift in sort of the projects they were working on. Yeah. And he said that the true independent, independent girls must now, is uh, the idea of confronting far more difficult tasks of discovering their own talents in this sort of modern world. Okay. And that's the story he was yeah. trying to portray. Then obviously for us, we discovered it through the Disney US version. Yeah. There has been three versions. <laughs> so, because there's a little bit of drama around like the English adaptation of it. Yes. Uh, well, release of it. And so there was a mm -hmm. version produced in the 90, 1990s as an in-flight film on Japan Airlines. Okay. <laughs> Which apparently is considered actually a really good version because it was done by a Japanese company. Okay. But you can only get it in like some special edition from Japan yeah. of the film. Uh, I don't know who the actors were who dubbed them. And then... So that was a 1998 
version. No, 1990 there was a version. Oh, okay. And this wasn't Disney, so Japan Airlines did a version of it. Okay. And then, so it did quite well, and then, like, Disney picked up on all this and sort of did this deal with Studio Ghibli, and they, and it just kind of exploded from there. And then, so you have this 1998 release with they got all these big names, and there's a little bit of controversy in the fact that Gigi, there's a lot different, because it was Phil Hartman who uh, the comedian who played oh, him, okay. yeah, and he did a lot of ad libbing. So like fifty yeah. percent of the stuff that Juju says in uh-huh. the English edition isn't in the Japanese okay, I have never watched the dub version of of Kiki. I've only ever watched subtitles. Interesting. So I've seen both of them. So okay. you definitely, yeah. There is a different <laughs> Gigi's character because Gigi's also voiced by female character in the Japanese version, oh. female actor. Yeah, because in a lot of the films, I always tell anyone who's going to watch a Ghibli film that they should watch the subtitle version and not the dub version because they change so much in the story. I don't know if they, like, dumb it down on purpose. I know. But they do tend to pander to, you know, like, just, like, smacking you in the face with a story, Mm -hmm. whereas subtitles don't tend to do that. But in 2010, they redid it and they got rid of some of the ad-libbing lines. Okay. It's still not perfect, but yeah. I think it's a little bit, but it's more faithful. Interesting. So there's okay. been a little bit of drama about that one. I don't know about the other films. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to those, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the film, we open yeah. to Kiki in this beautiful green pasture, mm-hmm. listening to the radio, which is always in English, which is very interesting. Yeah, it's always in English, yeah. Also, um, just the sort of setting of the film, Hayao Miyazaki and the animators went to Sweden to do research. And it was originally because they were doing Pippi Longstockings and they used their research from that to create. Stockholm, isn't it, that they kind of based it on and some little island place as well. Yeah, so it's like a mishmash of um, European cities. And it's meant to take place in like the 1950s. Yeah, so like just after the war, basically. Yeah. And it do- it definitely has that feel, like the buildings and the clothes that people are wearing and stuff, and the cars. Yeah, and the airplanes we see as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and the the blimp. Oh, yeah. Dirig- <laughs> Dirigible, is that what they say? Dirigible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it definitely has that kind of feeling about it, that it's definitely not like modern times. Yeah, um, and it definitely is European in feel. The buildings look very, very northern, northern Europe. And they have like all the mishmash language, like a little bit nonsensical and things. Yeah. The yeah. words on the buildings, yeah. which I yeah. quite liked, because we were trying to, we were watching it, we were trying to figure out like what different languages were smushed together to make yeah. various words. <laughs> also, interestingly, Easter egg. When she first lands in the um, big town. Um, a bus goes past and it says Studio Ghibli on the side of it. I've heard about this, yeah. <laughs> I was like, there it is! I think there apparently in one of the crowd scenes they did draw Hayao Miyazaki into the scene. Did I didn't see it though, I have to go back and look for it. There's also a, um, <clears throat> a Totoro toy on her bed. Yeah, there the is. In every well. film apparently there's a Totoro, yeah. so... Which is quite nice. I love an Easter egg. I know. I, love an Easter egg I mean, he like coined the Easter eggs before anyone was doing yeah. it. 
And another one, which I think is slightly tenuous, and it also doesn't really, I'm not sure how they mean this to work the other way around, but um, a Sono and her husband mm -hmm. look like older versions of Ponyo and Sasuke, uh, what's his name, the boy in Ponyo? I don't know, I don't remember. <clears throat> they look like older versions. And if you look at it, mm -hmm. if you look at a picture of the, them, Ponyo and, and Sasuke, oh, I can't remember his name. Yeah, flick it up. Yeah. yeah. Flick it up. But the boy in Ponyo. If you look okay. at them and then the picture of uh of you know her and her husband, then um yeah, you will see that they are very, um, very strikingly similar. I mean, there are definitely some characters when I'm watching this, like, oh, this looks like this person from other films yes. and stuff like that. But yeah, they definitely do look a bit like them. So you get to meet her mother. She like runs home because she hears this sort of like weather report that it's going to be really nice. And she's like, oh, I, I'm ready to go. It's perfect yeah. weather. And Kakira, the mother, she's a, well, she's, so in the film, she's sort of makes herbal potions just in general. There's no like sneeze medicine. No, she, yeah. And she's a bit clumsy as well. Yeah. She's like a wacky so, witch. Yeah. A little on. bit. But just, so you see her running up to the house and yes. I just want to live in every like Ghibli flower covered cottage. I always think that whenever I watch a film, I always like the, the way they draw like locations is just jaw dropping. It's like fairy tale, magical, perfect yeah. every time. And um, yeah, where Kiki lives in the film is just gorgeous. I would have stayed there. I love the little know. cottage. Yeah. And so she's got, she's by the lake as well. So she's yeah. got that big old view and, you know, she's running through the woods and stuff to start. So she it really is like proper kind of like rural, mm -hmm. but just achingly beautiful. And it has, it's got the same kind of feel as the start of the book in that it's cozy and it feels like home. Yeah. And I feel like this, threads to Howl's Moving Castle a little bit. <laughs> that. Yeah. But it, has, it, of it. it has got a similar kind of feel. Howl's Moving Castle is quite a European city as well. Yeah. In fact, one of the cities, Port Haven, looks a little bit like the city that... That's true. Yeah, you never know. You never so know. Her mum is with a customer, Mrs. Yep. Dora. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sort of she bursts in saying, tonight, tonight, I'm ready to go tonight. And her mother's yeah. like, what? Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah. Are you all right there, love? Yeah. <laughs> and it's so sweet. Like she leaves off to start packing and her mom is like, ah. And then Miss Dora and her start talking about like when Kukira came to the town when she yeah. was 13 and like all wide-eyed and innocent. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and so that, you know, again, kind of like, it was because uh, we they didn't really address that in the book. Yeah, how she came there, which I think is is you know, and it's quite a lovely thing to think that connection because they they kind of address that at the book, but only when Kiki was leaving, yeah, like right at the end. Whereas here they get it right in at the start. Is we are the same because I think I guess the film audience would be a little bit different because time has moved on a bit since the book. Is that they would have been a little bit like oh my god why are you sending your 13 year old child out but if you know the mum's done it already then you're like okay oh, you have to set up some sort of yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah yeah she's running upstairs and her dad 
drives up in his car and he's like packed everything and yeah he's and she's like dad dad i'm leaving tonight and he's like what about our camping trip and he's like he's he's a klutz as well i think he is a total klutz yeah he's a total klutz and i don't think they don't he's clearly human but they don't say what he does no they they don't really address much about him at all yeah but what i do love is that kiki is a mix of her mum and her dad straight away yeah. so she's got her mum's like witchy flying you know power side but she is totally her dad's daughter in terms of clumsiness mm-hmm. the way she flies in the film is amazing she's like constantly bouncing off there's a bit where she's in this in the town and she bounces off like the side of like a roof she's yeah. almost parkouring her way around on the broom um she gets the job done but she's nowhere near the graceful kiki that she is when she's in the book yeah because like, in the she book is, she's like she is a good flyer yeah she's better than a lot of people power whereas yeah in the film she she don't even got that <laughs> but i think you know and the mother does mention like i haven't even be, been able to teach her to mix the potions yeah but they don't talk yeah. about necessarily which is losing their abilities no. in that way no they don't if that's much less of a thing in this one yeah, yeah. it's just like, like there hasn't really been time to do it yeah so yeah it's a and and they never really discuss massively like yeah they're losing a power or finding another power or any of that so then you have the whole scene where uh kiki's and this is again a lot of this is exact to the book is that she's complaining about wearing the black dress her mother and sister's tradition and i think this line is actually in the book where she says that it's not really important the color of the dress what matters is the heart inside yeah the heart inside oh yeah that's almost that is directly from the book i think yeah so you can really tell as you're reading the beginning that he loves the sort of what he's created this little world yeah yeah and he really does he establishes kiki very much as the girl in the book yeah like there are a lot of lines that are quite similar and and you know the dress thing is the same the the dad's um her asking the dad to pick her up oh yeah and swing her around yeah and then he can't do it because she's so big that's (laughs) the same as well so yeah and the conversation she has with Gigi about going are you sure you want to go now and all of that so he he sticks pretty closely, I would say. Yeah, and as well, it's the same thing. Like, she tried to make her own broom, but her mom says, no, mine's yeah, better, more broken in. Yeah, I want to yeah, take, yeah. take this so I know you're safe. Yeah, but then the, I think the main difference that I noticed <clears throat> was she mentions a boyfriend almost oh, yes. straight away. Oh, she says when she's packing, you know, what if I get a boyfriend while I'm here? Yeah, while I'm here, exactly. And then I can't, and then I don't want to go. I was immediately like, what? (laughs) And then when she's just about to fly off um, and she's talking to like a group of giggly friends who are definitely like her gal pals and they say, oh, there might be discos in the city. So she's definitely, she's much savvier than bless her little naive. I need to read that poem to understand how love works. But I suppose this is the difference, also a little bit of like, you know, the book was in the 70s, you're in, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they've, they've yeah, it's, yeah. she's just a bit more modern. Yeah. yeah. Which is fine. I don't think I'm too bothered <clears throat> by it. No, but, but it definitely, she felt a little bit older to me. Yeah. 
this version of Kiki felt a little bit older. Um, almost bordering on teenage in a way that I don't feel like Kiki book was. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like at the towards the end of the book, Kiki was verging on being a teenager. But I think that, yeah, she's definitely feeling a bit more millennial. <laughs> <laughs> Be Generation Z now, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, if she's 13... She's 13 how old, and... How old are Gen Z now? In 1975, she would be alive. <laughs> I would hope so. But we're, not, but we're not taking it as that. We're taking it as 13 The 1950s. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, but, she's definitely a different Kiki, I would say. Yes, I think that sort of sets up those little tidbits he drops about her, yeah. like, already thinking about boys. Yes. Yeah, Definitely. And being yeah. interested in them. But again, they don't mention the thing about the cats ever really nope. leaving. I don't think you see a cat for the mum, though. No, the... you don't. No. Um, but also, they do mention the talking thing, I think. Don't they? I can't remember. I don't remember that. But yeah. I, I seem to remember like some vague mention of her having the cat with her to look after her but maybe i'm just mixing the book and the film up in my head now i know well this is the whole this is always <laughs> gonna be the problem when you do it it's like keeping straight yeah what happened in one versus the other which is good because the film veers so far from the book at a certain point and you're like but, oh, okay yeah there's no, there's it's just no the beginning i think is a little more muddled. <clears throat> yeah but then you have like the same thing where the, all the townspeople come and they gather yeah. at it's like midnight or something. It's you know it's late. Although at night. in the in the film it's much more like an organized thing. Like yeah. she knew they were going to be there, whereas in the book she's a little bit like, oh, all these people for me. Yeah, her dad like calls everyone <clears throat> and says, "Yeah, it's night. Come over." Yeah. And it's and just like she very the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's definitely like a big part of. And she says hello to people as she's walking and stuff earlier on. Yeah. So she's definitely like a big part of the town. And then when she leaves, she does it. She rises up very confidently. Like she, you know, she can do this. She's got this. But then obviously she flies off into... The tree. She like bounces off a tree or yeah. something? Yeah. And then she disappears and no one knows where she is. And then the dad's like, it's all right. She's over there. Yeah. And they're like, phew. So, no. and she takes her dad's radio with her. So yes. she has like something from her mom and her dad with yeah. her. Yeah, and... exactly. Yeah. And and she definitely is both of them. You can yeah. see that in her, which is nice. I, because in the like in the book, I think she just seems more her mom. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, whereas the film I think she's much more of a, a mixture. But then again, we don't really know much about the dad. And yeah. that's what I loved about, I love the fact that in the book, he, he was a folklorist. Mm -hmm. I think that was just that a was really a nice little touch. Yeah. Because it made me think about their backstory. Whereas this is more like, they're just their parents, you know. You, you've got curiosity about the mum, but the dad's just there. Yeah. He's just wallpaper. <laughs> I love that, so the sort of opening title credits are her just like flying over the countryside. Yeah. With the music playing. Yeah. And yeah, just, I thought that was a really nice way to really start the film. Yeah, and also it goes to show that she can fly. Yes. <laughs> After the disaster. Yes. And then obviously she meets um the snooty witch girl with the she's got such cool hair and her I cat. I love cool. those the sort of pigtail yeah. thingy. I want to try that, but it's yeah, <laughs> it definitely has a pippy long smoking vibe. Yes. A little bit. 
so she's she's definitely older and she is nowhere near as big sistery as the one in the no. book. Nowhere and near. also, interestingly, if you listen to the English dub version versus the subtitle, she's even snootier in the dub Ooh, version. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I did wonder about that, actually, because they can change it. But even aside from what she says, her face, the way she's sitting, it's all and very, she's like, like, she's so upright on that so Yeah, and the cat as well doesn't even look at them. And Gigi's on Kiki's bulging bag of stuff. Yeah. And he and his eyes are massive, yeah. and you know, like they really the cats in that particular moment mirror their owners so well, mm-hmm. so well. It's such a nice scene, and and you know, Kiki's kind of looking at her like, I really, really want to be where you are. You know, I am going to be you at some point, but t- terribly unsure about whether she will or not because that girl is so put together. I know, not terribly welcoming. Although she, you know, she's still. Gives her a bit of information. Yeah. And, and, and does. Wishes her good luck at the end. Yeah, exactly. So she gets there. But but I do feel like the book version girl was a lot more reassuring. Yeah. And I just like, appreciated you know, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's, it's a lovely scene. And also I love the fact that the, um, the other girl's got a lantern hanging from the bottom of her broom. She's just <laughs> like, it's such a lovely... The way that she's done is it's just so nice to look at and, and she's so, so like, stylish in the like yeah just, exactly yeah. and i think this like color change of her dress is a little yeah. more purple she has yeah. the jewelry yeah, yeah. her exactly. hairstyle she looks yeah. i would wear her outfit yeah <laughs> i would cosplay that witch <laughs> i know and she's living in some like las vegas looking town yeah they've got like a little moulin rouge going on down there <laughs> which is a little bit scandalous but okay i was like oh yeah i feel like that town's probably harder to live in yeah honestly yeah so and most of her fortune she says are about love i think yeah so there's no cow going on there no my god yeah (laughs) there's no singing to a cow going on for that girl she's definitely doing which is it's interesting because then kiki ends up going to a bigger yeah like bigger town yes but in fact, it's probably a city that I think Kiki ends up in. I mean, because it's it's more sprawling even than the drawing that it's they do in the book. It's huge when she finally gets there. So there's the in-betweeny bit where she goes to the car. Uh, the, oh, yeah. So there's the like a storm that knocks yeah, her down. Yeah. So, and she does some stump flying and, you know, and a cow licks her foot. I know. Which is, I mean, kind of takes, he definitely read the train yeah. scene and he yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. And wanted, with yeah, the train. exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's nice as well, I think, because it, it shows how far away from home she's going. Yeah. So it's not even within her own power. Like, she's, yeah. it's not just she sat on a broom and then she went, but she's pretty far away from her home yeah. if she's gone on the train. Um, which I thought was interesting, actually, because it really does... You have... Straight away, you have that moment of, oh, my God, what's going to happen to her? Yeah. Because she's now not in control of the direction she's going in. Yeah, like, she's not necessarily basically. going south anymore. So. Yeah, exactly. She's just on a train. Just yeah. so it happens that it ends up to be by the sea. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so it was less of her choice this time, which I thought was interesting. But then... You yeah, know, and it is sort of like the fear factor of like, who knows where you're going to end up. Yeah, 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 exactly. Or if she's going to get caught or, you know. But anyway, she ends up in... The most massive city ever. I know, she sees it, she's like, that's it. And then Gigi's like, that's a little big. And it's 
honestly huge. Like I, 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 it's got cars, trams. Yeah. It's got so many people. It's got oh, like little markets and stuff. Is that where she sees like there's a plane or no, that's at the end, but there's like planes flying overhead. Yeah. It's, it is huge. And yeah. like, because the streets are wide enough to have cars going up and down it on both sides. Yeah. And then a tram as well. Yes. Like that's a lot of people and lo- lots of like big kind of like big stores and stuff like that. So I honestly, Kiki's confidence in the book where she's like, okay, this big town, um, mm-hmm. but for her to rock up to a city yes, and be like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this is quite incredible. Really? I was it's- like, girl, you've, you've got balls. <laughs> I, it also, it reads as she doesn't really know what it means to be in that yeah. massive amount of people. And also like, yeah. The bigger the group of people, the less interest they'll have in you as well. Yeah, 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 yeah true. And and I think that the, you can see the fast pace and stuff is when she kind of rolls in on her little broom and all the traffic is like, you know, she's just almost getting run over. Yeah, she causes an accident with the bus. Yeah. Uh, and then immediately almost gets arrested. Oh, yeah, the police officer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we see that character in other... Yeah. Oh, he's in too. everything. He's in everything. Um, and then he, like, tries to report her, and then suddenly sub- someone yells, Thief! Somebody. And he's distracted. <laughs> Ooh, who could be her knight in shining armor? And that's never really addressed, is that he helped her out straight away. Yeah. So, like, if you kind of, like, try and flip it around and imagine he must have like been wandering along and then seen this witch flying in and just gone oh my god this is amazing yeah and then followed her and then saw her getting in trouble and helped her out she never really kind of says that was amazing what you did first day he put himself he he basically messed with the police for her without ever having even spoken to her love at first sight definitely for tombo definitely and she like tries to run away because she's like oh she realizes she is not prepared to deal with this situation it's like oh so your parents really needed to have more of a chat with you about (laughs) the real world (laughs) the real world maybe they just didn't know but yeah it's it's definitely it's it's it's, i mean it's animated to be massively overwhelming and it is yeah no it feels like and she feels like she kind of shuts down and I think yeah. that emotionally because she's just like people aren't like oh great a witch they're yeah, like exactly. ah. yeah and then there's that moment when she's kind of she explains who she is bless her heart and she looks so small yeah everyone's like the way they angle yeah. them they're looking down yeah, on her. exactly and she's kind of like looking up and she says you know do you have a witch here and and then after the initial she says oh i'm i'm gonna live here yeah i'll be your witch they all just like were like they don't even say they say nothing they just look at her and then they just walk on and she said you know like oh i love your clock tower this is so lovely and they just dismiss her and i think she immediately feels humiliated and that's a big thing with kiki in this one yeah it's her her like sense of shame and what people think of her is like heart on her sleeve the whole time yeah she's really um, sensitive to she's very sensitive and so when tombo's following her she's she's carrying that humiliation with her and he's the only person she could take it out on 
Yeah. And it's like bad luck on him. Like, yeah. Because then he tries to explain, like, I called Thief because I didn't want yeah. you to get caught. And then she's like, really? I think she kind of is about to say something, but then his friends drive up and yeah. see other really cool looking teenagers. Yeah. And then she like thanks him, but then says, It's, I wrote down, it's rude for him to talk to her without being properly introduced. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, so women proper. Like, I didn't really get it. <laughs> but he's, he, he's like completely fine. He's just like, No, it's fine. I still like you. He keeps trying to talk to her. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I feel a little bit like Guy taking the hint. I know. But, you know, it's of the time that it was at, so, you but know. But he's also kind of like, la di da da He is, and he doesn't see why she'd be so upset. He's just yeah. fascinated by her. Yeah. But I do like that, you know, he turns the corner and she's just flown off. Flown off, and he's like, oh, Bye, my God, what? I'm in love. <laughs> he's totally in love. He's so right in love. there, that's it. He's all gone. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think um, it definitely establishes them straight away as as you know like fret with a very boy girl you know they're very kermit piggy really totally like you she's know? you know fancy one yeah she's like hmm. and like <laughs> but yeah off she goes um and then it's so sad like also like the parents should have explained to her how she could find a place to stay where she's in the hotel kills me man and they're just like, like you're 13 we're not gonna rent a room to you <laughs> but you know but then what's she supposed to do yeah. it, it, honestly it's like she came out of a fantasy novel into the real world That's, yeah. this is what this feels like she's come from somewhere where they know about witches and they believe in them to somewhere where you just you can't be 13 and get a hotel room yeah you know you can't just turn up and tell everyone that you're their witch you can't do that and, is, and so yeah that scene in the hotel is a little bit harsher than the book i think yeah i i agree and like when she's sitting by the fountain and she's eating her little sandwich i know so sad and then <laughs> and then she sees the police and she has to move and all, yeah. you're immediately like oh my god so she's now basically a fugitive yeah and she's homeless and yeah. that did not happen in this. I know, my God, <laughs> the homeless this, children, no thank you. This book was like so so full of hugs and loveliness and so gentle. And this is just like smacking me in the face with reality. I mean, like she is homeless and penniless in the middle of a big city where anyone could treat her like crap, basically. Yeah. And she's like, just my little Kiki. I just want her to be all right. Well, so it's like getting later and she's wandering around with Gigi and Gigi's like, Kiki, where are we going to stay? Yeah. And he's like, should we go and find somewhere else? Should we? Like, he's definitely, in this in particular, more so than, than in the book, he's the voice of her doubt yeah. in a big way. Like, he, he really doesn't have any confidence. He doesn't want to be there. Um, he doesn't have... He doesn't seem to have much faith in her decisions. He questions her a lot. He does question her a lot. Um, which, yeah, I, I kind of feel like they're not as close. Yeah. In um, But then we haven't had that explanation that we had in the book. It would make more sense if it's like they're eventually going to have to... Yeah, start. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's definitely uh, yeah, a little bit more of a 
divide between how they both see the world. And yeah. I think Gigi does seem older than yes. her in a big way in this. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a grumpy old man. He is. He's a grumpy old man. He totally is. Um, but yeah, then obviously, you know. Sono comes to the rescue. She's like our superwoman. And she's super cool. Oh, So she's and pregnant, like yeah. the book. And, and I love like, the way that she's portrayed. Like she's, you know, she's big, but she's not like ridiculously big, like they sometimes yes. do in cartoons. And um, she's just genuinely joyful and cute as hell as oh, well. She's so she cute. really is. Um, and I love how when you know when they sort it out and Kiki goes after her. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's it's way more immediate. She's just yeah. Like, okay, get it. I can see her. Because if Sona's like, alone, she's not with her husband. Yeah. He yeah. just says, oh, I'll take it. And then she just like flies off. Yeah, exactly. And there's no map drawing or signing anything. Like that's all established later well, on. Well, I think, doesn't she, the woman writes like a little note and gives it to no. her? No, she doesn't. The woman writes a note back. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's what I meant. She writes yeah, it back. Yeah, but like does nothing. She's basically yeah. just like here. And then Kiki yeah. goes off immediately and does it. Yeah. So it's, it's much more fast paced. And I think it actually works a little bit better. Yeah, it's, it's, smoother. it's just like, that's Kiki's energy there. It's just yeah. like, oh, I'll do it. And then she does yeah. it. And there's, they're already, the woman's delighted. The baby is delighted. There's people who've seen it. Yeah. So there's that feeling already of establishing stuff. Yeah. And, and that she's this kind of interesting character. Yeah. Yeah, because exactly. I suppose the film doesn't have time to build her up as much, so yeah. they need bigger events for her to yeah. be seen yeah. by the town. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, they go the same way as the book. So yes. Oh, though like, note when Asona invites her in, in the Japanese version they have coffee, in the American version they have hot chocolate. Ooh, really? Because in the states, for like a kid to yeah, have coffee would be, would be coffee. weird. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But they, um, she offers her a job, a cash money paying job. Well, she says, watch after the bakery. Yeah. For like, because I'm busy and I'm having the baby. Yeah. Basically, she gives her bed and board. Yeah. For working in the bakery. Which is a little more like reality. Yeah. Which is nothing is for nothing. In the book. That yeah. does not happen in the, in the book. She's like, you can maybe help me out a little bit, but you yeah. you can run your business from here. Yes. Whereas she basically offers her a job in the shop for bed and board, yeah. and that made that that kind of made me think, okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, but it's a little more practical. Like, yeah, exactly, because she does. She's gonna she's gonna have to eat and stuff, and yeah. that like so from from there. Uh, I love that she goes to the shops and she's there's a scene where she's weighing a frying pan in her hand. Oh, yes. <laughs> to see if it's, you know, to see what the heft is like. And then she looks at the price and she's like, oh, this is a lot of money. But I think it's important, like the idea of learning about the value of things. But yeah, that's what I, because th- that didn't really happen in the book. Yeah. Where she suddenly has all these grown up choices that she has to make. And that's one of the things that, you know, like I remember from when I first like went up to uni. Oh my God, you, you spent like, so much money that you shouldn't have. Yeah, exactly. Like going to Ikea <laughs> and having to choose my own kitchen stuff for the first yeah. time. And it is like, a, it's something you never really think that you'll have to do. You never think of the, and that's what I love about like Miyazaki films. Yeah. Is that it's the little details that, that just like hit you in a place in your heart you didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. Those like little memories. 
And for her to do that little trip, and then she's got like all those, you know, like big shopping bags with, with her, essentially her new life yeah. in them. And she spent that money and you're kind of thinking, oh God, is she going to run out of money before she starts making, you know, yeah. like she, she definitely becomes more like us, I suppose. But it is meant to be, I suppose, more modern and a little yeah. more realistic of a lesson for young yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, look at the phone situation. Yeah. Where she says, oh, shall I, um, how much is a phone? Yeah. And Asano's like, Asano's like, uh, you don't need a phone. We've got yeah. a phone. You can use our phone. Yeah. And she, uh, she also probably realizes she can't afford to get her own no. phone. Yeah, exactly. But also, I, I, you know, I did feel a bit sad because I really liked the, the phone number from Kiki's oh, yes. book. <laughs> Kiki can. And I what do I kind of appreciate Asano's like, husband in the background yeah the, the relationship between him and G, Gigi is very funny yeah like, he's so scared like, of him yeah and that, that he winks at him and it, or he just gives him a look every now and again yeah and I think that he he's more of a character in this yes than he ever is in the book in the book he's he's like more of a shadow whereas in this one he does he, he he's certainly a presence yeah he doesn't really do anything, but you know, he's part of the, he's just, he's letting them get on with it, but he's got a good eye on things. Yeah, he does. He keeps an eye on her. Like, yeah, exactly. He's yeah. quite sweet, actually, even though he's like, yeah. he's just grunts essentially, yeah. he doesn't say anything. <laughs> it is, I think like, Hayao Miyazaki's sense of humor about like men. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting how he, how he portrays women just in general. Mm-hmm. because they're so colorful and fierce and I want to be every single one of them mm-hmm. every time I see like a, a strong female character that he's done I'm like they're them I want to be them they're yeah. amazing I need to do a little more research yeah. and I'm sure we'll come across it about where that came yeah. from because it's it is very interesting and oh god I love so much the first morning when Kiki wakes up and she comes down the stairs and she goes to the toilet yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> she does what I would absolutely do, which is she sees someone coming and she doesn't want anything. She doesn't want to see him. Yeah. So he comes out and she hides until yes. he's gone. Yes. Like no one would talk. You wouldn't talk about that. That's not something that people discuss. But everyone does it, right? You're in your also, PC. someone going to the bathroom in a film is very yeah. rare. Yeah. Exactly. People don't pee yeah. in movies. No. Getting up in the morning, having to do a pee, first of all. Yeah. Yeah. And then that hiding um, until he's gone. And then she runs back up the stairs and then she yeah. just like stands oh, behind the by door. By the way, like, the music, the little like... Yeah. <laughs> it's so lovely. That's the it's, other thing. The soundtrack to this is great. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely fits perfectly. So, I mean, he's always good with stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, like, I think um, Ghibli soundtracks are always the ones that you can put on in the background when you're like writing or something yeah they're just like so sweepingly inspiring but yeah her like just the fact the way that she's kind of like just getting used to that world and she's she's cleaning the the floors and everything and kind of making it her own is that room that she's in is never beautiful it's not like in disney where they would have like sleeping beauty or or cinderella and yeah, and it would have had like sunshine streaming in and, mm-hmm. you know, like flowers on the walls and all that kind of stuff. It stays, it always stays a little bit dark yeah. and a little bit sparse. But at the same time, you know, they set up the table in front of the window with the food on and stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's slightly homey. Mm-hmm. But it's never the like princessy bedroom 
that yeah. it would have been had had Disney gotten hold of it, which I definitely appreciate. It is what it is. Yeah, I love the cleaning scene and her buying her stuff. But it yeah. is, she doesn't really have money to, like, decorate. No, no, exactly, yeah. And that's and not that, what it's about, about, you know, having this fancy place. Yeah, and it is, I mean, it's a, a crappy little pokey room, really, but yeah. it's hers. We've all had them. Yeah, exactly, we've all been there. <laughs> so then we see Tombo again, and he's like, hey, kiki, kiki, and she's like, no. <laughs> like, walks away. This immediately again because he's like he's in the car with his friends and yeah. he tries to chat with her and she's like you know she stands up really tall nose up to him and just struts yeah. off and they're all looking at her they're yeah. all staring at her and he's and then he's like I told you she always dresses like that or something and it's like oh no what are you don't doing don't say that stop pointing at her bless her heart because it's I think that's when she's embarrassed that sort of her reaction is to yeah. like just put her nose up yeah so that's yeah poor tombo he gets through eventually um so then she has her first customer who's kind of an amalgamation of a bunch of different characters and i think that's obviously he's that's what he's doing he's taking like all the different things and putting them together so her name is mackie and she's a regular of the bakeries um and then she so she hires kiki to deliver the stuffed cat doll that looks just like Gigi that's in a birdcage. And this is um, this is different, kind of how the series of events anyway, but yeah. it's mostly similar in that when they're flying, the wind slams into them and then knocks Kiki from the sky and she falls into the forest. Yeah. So you've got like the interesting moment of Gigi being able to speak goose, which I love. Oh yeah. And Gigi being, yeah. Yeah, so he's like, the geese just told me that the wind's coming. Yeah. And then it's too late by then. But But it is like like this, you see this throughout the film that Gigi can talk to other animals. Yeah, so so he's got like, so she's got a a line of communication to animals, which, you know, was, is quite magical. Yeah. In in itself, really. So I like that element. But also, I think the film is funnier than the book. Definitely. Yes. Because I, like, the, when she's in the tree and the crows are just, like, going at her and she's, yeah. you know, like, trying to kind of, like, sort herself out, it's, it is genuinely funny. She's trying to apologise <laughs> and the crows don't give a crap. And, yeah. you know, and then just the whole scene with um, Gigi and the dog. Oh, my God. Yes. So hilarious, man. Then they realise they can't get to the doll, so then yeah. they she like gee 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 like yeah. it's so funny dog, her trying to convince him he's a little more he's not yeah. as willing I mean, as in the book. like it, it wasn't his fault this time yeah so there's less of a reason for him to do it yes so he literally does it out of loyalty to her but whereas in the book he's he's he made the mess he yeah. needs to clean it up but yeah the crows like the crow army that kind of comes out. <laughs> it's just like, whoa, my I, God. I was thinking of Shit's Creek when I rewatched this. I don't know if you <laughs> watched that film. That yes. series. Yeah. I have seen it. Yes. The the what is it called? The Croning? No. No. The crows have eyes three or whatever. <laughs> Isn't it the crows have eyes three? The 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 oh. I need to look it up. But yeah, yeah, I mean, and then he does it and this kid is like torturing Gigi. <laughs> Yeah, it's so bad for him. But it, it's done so well. Like the dog, 
Like, you, oh my god, the dog is like, so funny. When Gigi's is lying on the carpet and he's sweating, <laughs> and he's low, just, and his, his eyes are like sweat. bulging, and then you and then you don't entirely know what's going to happen, and then the dog just basically falls falls in love with him, but in a very like lumbering way. Yeah. So he just like curls up around him, and then he just gently is carrying him around in his mouth and stuff, and the kid's not bothered. Yeah, he's <laughs> laughing. He thinks it's funny. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's different from the book in that the kid's, like, already distracted by something else, which actually makes more sense for a yeah. kid that old. he's bored of that toy after five exactly. minutes. Exactly, yeah. But, um, but the, yeah, the relationship with the dog is lovely. Yes. It's really nice. And then while that's going on, Kiki meets the artist. Ursula is, yeah. yeah. Who but she's is a awesome. young girl. Yeah, who's really awesome. I immediately wanted to be her as well. Well, obviously. she's like, I guess she's kind of meant to be a grown-up version of Kiki. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, she's sat on the roof drawing those... The crows. crows. And she's very much like, don't don't disturb me while I'm doing this. Yeah. So she's like Kiki. She's got that stubborn, yeah. this is my thing right now. Yeah. But, you know, still... They befriend each other, mainly because they're echoes of each other, definitely. And that she, so she managed to find the doll. Um, yeah, and then she fixes the doll for head her, yeah. on. <laughs> but didn't she ask for a favor, though? You know, yeah. she says yeah. she wants to paint them. and Yeah. Um, which is, you know, similar to the idea of, like, the give and take, like, the yeah. just doing little favors for each other. Yeah, exactly. And Kiki cleans her house or whatever she does. Oh yeah, no, I forgot. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. The mopping of the house. <laughs> the slave labor. The child. I know that labor. was a little harsh. <laughs> it was a bit. Considering um, she stole that off of her, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't her doll in the first place. No. Oh no. Um. And then yeah, the, I love the the little bit where the dog comes out. Oh yeah, Gigi. No, I forget that they named the dog, but I didn't write it down. No, I can't remember. But, but he, he says, "What whoever his name is has been, you know, yeah. helped. It's helping me escape. Helping me escape." And he he very gently picks him up. Yeah, and then he very slowly walks out of the like room and to the front door, and then he scratches at it. And it's yeah. just the pace is so nice because it's like the the most low key escape I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And then he comes out and he just like puts him on the floor. And I, cause I was thinking, I, you know, like I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen at this point. You know, is he going to like run off with him? Is he going to sleep on him or whatever? And then he places him on the floor and then there's Kiki and they have the little reunion. But the bit I love was the dog closes the door behind it when it goes back in. <laughs> well, the little boy said, whatever the dog's name yeah, is, close the door, door behind you. <laughs> But it's such a, like, dogs don't do that. <laughs> the most obedient dog I've ever seen in my life. And it's, yeah. it's the, this is what I love about, like, Miyazaki's stuff is the details. Yeah. Like, we watch that dog close the door. And it, he closes it like a dog would close it, with yeah. just his, his side. He know, just bumps like, his, like, hip on it yeah. or something. It's, it's just so well observed and lovely. Yeah. It's and, all about the little tiny moments. Yeah. And they're, like, um... Their relationship is clear, very clear in that moment between Gigi and Kiki is, you know, like how much they're willing to go out of their way for each other. And yeah. that's an echo of the My Precious Friend from the book, definitely. Yeah. I feel like that's they're locked in there. I'm like, yeah. team. Even if they complain about doing it, they'll do it for each other yeah. no matter what. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then we come back and there's the bread sign in the window. Oh, yeah, that's so sweet. So uh, Asuna's husband made her yeah. a little bread sign, he, like, yeah, on the sly. so sweet. being more of an established character is he's yeah. got skills, and she gives him that massive hug. So yeah, sweet. and he's like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they've kind of, like, won over the the whole family now She's yeah part, exactly definitely and it's in their window like it's not even up by her studio bit it's like in their window so yes so she's like not getting any business yet so she's super worried and it's like yeah. there's a line about like we're gonna get fat and live because we, all we On can pancakes. afford is eating pancakes <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Plombo comes by and asks her for a, a hot date yeah, to the aviation club party. She has to dress up. <laughs> and she's like, Ugh. I know. Just kind of like, that's a date. I mean. Yeah. But she, she only doesn't want to go because she's got nothing to wear. Yeah. And she feels self-conscious. So she's, warm, she she's starting to warm to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And also, I think she wants to be with people. Yeah. So we didn't, we didn't talk about it earlier, but there's a scene where she walks past three girls in the street. Oh, yes. She feels like they're laughing at her, but they're not. Mm-hmm. They really are not. They're just talking to each other. Yeah. But she gets smaller when she's walked past them. Mm-hmm. So she, it, she's clearly hanging over her how different she is to everyone else. Yeah. But Tombo doesn't care. No. He just wants her at this lovely party. It's so sweet, man. But she just doesn't feel like she belongs with anyone yet. No, exactly. Yeah. And she definitely doesn't feel like she fits in, but she's excited to go to the party. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. But she's also, like, super down on herself. Like, she says to Sono that she doesn't know what to wear, and she's, like, kind of grumpy about it. Yeah, and it is, like, I think this is, you know, where it really does start to come away from the kiki of the book, is that she really, she's wobbly in the film. She's really wobbly. I, I hard relate to kiki. And how, like, she, how, like, out fish out of water she feels and how, like, awkward and, you know, she she just feels like everyone's going to reject her before she's even given them the chance to get yeah. to know her. And the one person who actually does want to get to know her, she doesn't want to get to know. Yeah. Maybe because she's got all that fear inside her. And she's also scared that, like, if they actually get to know her, they won't like her. Yeah, exactly. And it's also to the point, like, you get so down on yourself, you just can't even be bothered to go out. I mean, it's proper yeah. depression, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. to a Absolutely degree. depression. Absolutely. She's very, very much, like, just in her own head. Yeah. Completely in her own head. And then she gets the job. Oh, yes. Uh, madam. I don't, don't think we get a name for her. No, I don't think we do, but she's awesome. Ah. Oh. And then, uh, is it Bertha? The cook? Bertha. So it's this yeah. huge She's clearly this wealthier, elder, yeah, you know, older woman. Yeah. And I suppose she's kind of the laundry woman slash belly band woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind. Yeah, that's them combined. Her and Bertha combined are those are the old ladies. Yeah, you know. the old sort of biddies. Yeah, and again, women on their own, yeah. looking after themselves. There's no man involved. I, I in love Bertha so yeah. much. Bertha. <laughs> Having a go on Kiki's broom <laughs> is the best thing because no one mentions it. They, yeah. they just, she just pops her head outside to see her and she's having a go on the broom. And it's like, okay. And then yeah. they just continue. But it's lovely. I think Bertha mentions that she knew about a witch when she was like a little girl yeah. or yeah, something. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So they've got like that. They're 
they're not scared of her. Yeah. They're not worried about her at all. And um, that whole thing is lovely because... Oh, the herring and pumpkin pot pie. That pie. Okay, food in... And we will talk more about food in, in Ghibli films. As you you follow the Instagram account that does the Ghibli food recreation, yeah. right? So good. So good. <laughs> and also a friend of mine who is Molehill on Instagram, she's been doing like little animations of the food from different films. Yeah. And it is so good. The fish pie, man. Aww. I want to try it. Somebody made one on them. Um, uh, the, they did the whole thing on YouTube where they did like the whole thing of them making it and it wasn't very nice. Yeah. But it looked nice. But all the food in, in Ghibli films looks amazing. Is it, it good? I wonder if that's good. It, I mean, it's herring and pumpkin pie. It's probably not good. <laughs> Googling if this is a thing, herring and pumpkin. Pumpkin I mean. Oh, well, you know what? If they went to Sweden, so apparently, but this is like Denmark, In there's a yeah. s'more broad, which is marinated herring with okay. orange and pumpkin seeds. So I could see maybe from like a Nordic country, this being like a type of tradition. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. it, does, it, it looks good. Yes, well, obviously. <laughs> Drawing. It's a Ghibli film. Yeah. But, you know, every time I see food in a Ghibli film, I want to make it and I want to eat it. Yes. Like, yeah. I think so the, this is also the example of, like, her kind of being on her toes. Like, she can quickly figure out a situation exactly, and fix yeah. a problem. Very much like uh, when she's on the boat with the belly bands. Yes. She comes up with a solution to the problem. Same with the washing line Yeah, there as well. Is that she's, like... She she's the handy woman. She's yeah. the damned handy woman. She, so she is. Doing in light bulbs. She's building fires. She's learned a lot more from her mum, I think, than she gives credit or, or that her mum gives her credit for. Yeah. Her mum saying, I wish I'd taught her things, but her mum taught her how to make the fire. She says yeah. that when she's making it. But also the fact that during all of this, where we're constantly showing the clock and Gigi's agitation as I know, she's like, we're, we're late, we're late. Yeah. <laughs> She just she still does everything at a slow yeah. pace. She's never rude to them. No, never rushes be them because they they you know they're not even really paying her for this. Yeah. They're paying her for a delivery. She's making a whole pie. Oh well, then yeah. Also because the woman tries to offer her money. Yeah, without her doing anything. And then she's like, no, no, no. no. Yeah. Well, I'll figure it out then. Yeah. And it's it is lovely. She she essentially spends like a good hour and a half there. Mm -hmm. when you think about it like from start to finish of making that fire she makes the whole fire the fire goes all the banks down to the point where she can cook in it and then they say it's going to be 40 minutes I, know. Oh. I would be like oh my god <laughs> I'm going now yes so she stays and then it breaks my heart she finally uh, when... the pie in there and then it rains and rains and rains oh my gosh she's soaking wet it's and so sad face, during that scene where she's flying and she's and Gigi's like we need to stop and take yeah. cover and she's, she's like, like no no I can make it cold. it's gonna get cold and she's got under her dress she's got the yeah. whole pie under the basket and everything under her dress but her face in that rain she looks so fierce man so fierce like nothing's gonna stop her and she's soaking wet and then she lands in front of the door and then that girl is the worst person on earth she's meant to be mimi essentially yeah she is i like but oh my god she was so rude <laughs> she 
she's Tombo's friend. Like we find it, we've seen yeah. her like in the beginning. Yeah, but she, she yeah, yeah, her. exactly. So, but she's just so rude. I know. Not like, only Emma sent me this, uh, you know, gross pie or whatever. Soaking wet. <laughs> Girl turns up on the doorstep, but she's also really ungrateful. Yeah. And it's and you know, no wonder Kiki's then slides into horrifying depression. I know. <laughs> and then, like, she gets home after that, and she's, like, is so, like, literally, she's, like, crunch up walking. Yeah. She looks like she's about to cry, and, like, Asono sees her. Because yeah. she misses, oh. oh, we get the shot of, um, oh, Tombo Tombo waiting. Front in his little suit. Ah, he's so cute. <laughs> I was just like, oh, come on. He dressed Wait for a, a date. Wait a few more minutes. <laughs> he dressed for a date. It was so sweet. His little white suit. He is so smart. Yeah. And then the, the um, husband comes and stands in the doorway. I know. For a he little while. out with him. <laughs> yeah. Just, for, just so he can see him leave. And then she sees him yeah. when she's coming back. And she doesn't she doesn't go after him she just yeah. she's just broken by then yeah i mean i would be broken i would not I want to go too. out after that i know i totally would and she she does i think it's one of my favorite gifts ever and i use it all the time of just her walking into the over to the bed and then just flopping face down onto the <laughs> just and her legs are like sticking out like yeah. horizontally <laughs> but um but yeah she full-on goes into depression yep and like, she just and like can't no get out of of and and also, heartbreakingly, she can't speak to Gigi. I know, she loses her magic. don't realise that for a little while, but there's the scene where she's, like, you know, all curled up in bed and stuff, and Gigi's just meowing at her. Yeah. And I'd forgotten about that. Like, it's probably blocked it out, because it's highly... Well, she doesn't realise yet that she's lost her magic. No, no, she doesn't. So she's just, like, sick in bed. She's I'm meowing. not entirely sure about it, but yeah, there's... But yeah. she... When so she ha- so she gets all depressed. She's ill for a little while. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Asuna like tries to take care of her, give yeah. her like soup and stuff. But Gigi has definitely stopped talking by yeah. this point, and then he meets the girly cat. On the oh week. yeah, what's her? Does she have a name? Lily. She's called Lily. Yes, next door. So yeah, so she's um. So she yeah. So he's now he's he's essentially a cat from now on. Yeah, he doesn't. He, he doesn't talk again, does he? He doesn't. He doesn't talk again. Um, and it's really sad. Yeah, yeah. and it's interesting because it, you don't really notice until no. later that this yeah. is the case. But that's the last time that he speaks to her. Basically, it's so sad. I don't like this. I don't like this no, at all. No, it's horrible. I like this is much more of a tra- traumatic film <laughs> than the book was. I know my my heart is a little bit. <laughs> I'm so happy. So is it after she's been ill? Then oh, then Asono says she has a delivery. Yes, and it's like a little baggy. Yeah, yeah and, and it's, it's for combo. She's been tricked. Yeah, she has been. She's been tricked. And then they have like a lovely... Oh my God. Getting to know each other. Yeah, kind of. It's lovely. And like there's obviously some peril involved with them. Well, yeah, the self-propelled flying (laughs) bicycle. That bike bike is the most dangerous thing I've ever seen. Where are his parents? (laughs) And like they basically fly off a hill, off a massive cliff. It's a cliff. (laughs) Is. And then they basically fall to to their doom, 
Yeah. And then Piggy thinks it's hilarious. I, like, at this point, I think she's cracked. Yeah. <laughs> They're laughing so hard. The bike is in shambles. But for a very long time, she's laughing and he's just looking at her. If yeah. you take that out of context completely, that's, like, eerie. <laughs> but the bike is a mess. And also, that bike is essentially just a massive choppy propeller. Oh, yes. That is, that's a decapitation right there. Yeah, honestly, it's terrifying. Surely the propeller should be behind them. Although that, that's not the case on an aeroplane, is it? On one of those no. little... What's to the sides? No, but on a, you know, like one of the oldie ones that they used to do barnstorming on. The, yeah. the ones with the double wings. My plane, yeah. there you go. Uh, that's on the front, isn't it? Yeah, so I don't know if that would work, that bicycle. Should, but, I wonder but if someone's tried. away from them, then this is literally in their face, <laughs> like that. But it is very nice. And also echoes, her being on the back of his bike echoes right at the start when Kiki looked out the window mm-hmm. and she saw that guy like, ciao, picking up that pretty girl on the back of the yeah. bike. So, yeah, they're definitely kind of like pushing a little bit of a, this is a date. Yeah. Um, then they have their little giggle, but then there's the really nice moment when they're both just sat there talking about their lives and what they're scared of and all that kind of stuff. And she says, uh, flying used to be fun until I started doing it for a living. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, that's my career. (laughs) (laughs) That's most things. You think you love this thing and then when it's all about the money, the love disappears. Like for a creative, whenever you end up doing your creative job for a living, it sucks the joy out of it. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that is very close to my heart because that's happened Mm -hmm. a lot with the work that I've done. So that, yeah, for her to admit it to him when, and the other thing she did was she left Gigi at home. Yeah. So those two things together, she's, I mean, she's having a hell of a hard time, but also she's making that transition, isn't she? To the good and bad stuff that, you know, we, in the book, it said the, the cat's the person you tell the good and bad stuff to until you find your next companion or yeah. partner. That's what's going on there is she's, you know, she's giving him her, her kind of like darkest fear, I suppose, that she's just not, she doesn't love flying anymore. I feel like this is very much making me think of uh, his Dark Materials a little bit. (laughs) It is, isn't it? Yeah, the demons and stuff. She came away from a demon and now she's with Will. Oh my God, it's true. I I know, but it is. like She doesn't realise it, obviously, that that connection has been severed. Yeah. And the thing is, they're having the nicest time. Yeah. Like, they're really, really connecting and everything's going really well. And then his stupid friends turn up. Such more um, ugly car. He's, they've both got a choice. So she's got a choice of whether or not to go with him and be a part of that crowd. But she just doesn't have the self-confidence. And to be honest, she's not in the right kind of mood for it. And that's fine. Yeah. She's having a hard time living her life. And then he, he can choose whether to stay with her or go on the big old uh, dirigible. And of course, that's his passion. That's all he wants she, she kind of decides for them for yeah. him she's just like no yeah. and like, just like no and it is it's such a shame because you don't want she don't want to spoil his fun no but at the same time she's sad she's yeah. so relatable man yeah because <laughs> he's, he's like clearly like oh yeah i want to yeah. go but he doesn't want to like 
but then he hasn't got any of the responsibility she has. Yeah. He's got his friend group. He clearly lives somewhere and is looked after and stuff. Yeah. She's got all that weight on her shoulders and she's not, she's been so busy taking care of everyone else. Just, I mean, just look at the last client she had. She flew through the rain for the most ungrateful girl in the world for mm-hmm. a woman who basically like had her stoking fires and putting light bulbs in all day. And, and so she put her own happiness to one side because she wanted to make people like her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't continue like that as much as you do. And she's exhausted. <laughs> yeah, and she's been ill. Like, she's had such a hard time. She's away from her parents. Yeah. She's got hardly any money. And Gigi stopped talking to her, which even though it hasn't been addressed, is a very yeah. weird, you know. So she's, she's definitely depressed. Yeah. And and that's super relatable in that, you know, like that way where you really want to be part of things, but there's just something inside of you that just is sad and yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. She's basically just wrung herself out and you can absolutely see it. Well, there's a scene that will coming up soon that kind of really addresses that head on yeah. that I really enjoyed. <laughs> um but I, then it's after that when she goes home that she realizes she's like, Gigi, this is not yeah. funny. And he like keeps oh, meowing at her. Oh, I can't. And then she like tries to fly. She can't fly. Oh my God. It's so heartbreaking. Gigi goes, he looks up at her, he meows, and then he takes a bit of sausage and then he goes back out the window. Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't even acknowledge her. No. Like, it isn't even as if he can't talk to her, but he really wants to. He's yeah. just a cat now. And yeah. what do cats do? They bugger off when you really <laughs> want them to sit with you. Like yeah, exactly. He, he literally is just a cat. And it's horrible, man. She's just then, like rock bottom. Yeah. And then as soon as she realizes, she gets that broom and then she tries to fly and she can't do it. No. And, and the thing is, it's not even as if she, she can't do it at all. She can do it a little bit. Yeah. So she's like, oh my goodness. It's not even, it's just getting, it's going away. Yeah, her self-confidence is completely gone. So sad, man. But we've all felt that. Like, you just, something you thought you were so good at, and then you try and do it, and you just, yeah. Yeah, and and she's just, she's basically just lost her sense of herself. Yeah. In trying to kind of, like, fit in. But the thing is, she's done nothing wrong. No. That's the sad thing. And that's, that's, I mean, it's straight-up depression, definitely. And it's not absolutely, it's not caused by anything, it's not like, you know, you, you get certain times of depression, you get like situational depression where you're sad because something's happened to you. This is literally just like a lot of stress and pressure over a long period of time. And she's just burned out completely. Yeah. Bless her little, she's 13. I know. It's like, ugh, it's too much for a kid. <laughs> yeah. So then she tells a sono that, she's sort of you know something has happened essentially and that she can't fly or talk to Gigi yeah and yeah and she like sees Tombo as well and he's waving at her and she's just feeling like worse and worse yeah feeling like crap and she's on head on the counter in the I know that scene where she's just looking I think there's a lot of gifts of that as well Because she's, you know, she's always been, throughout the whole thing, she's always been, you know, like, upright and excited and stuff. But she is, the wind is knocked out of her. And Gigi still isn't with her. Yeah. He's like doing whatever he's, he's doing. He's with her, his girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. 
Lily, that tramp stealing him away. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so she decides that she's uh, gonna. Well, she gets a phone call. Does she get a phone call? Just Tomo calls her, and then she yeah. hangs up on hangs him. Up on- <laughs> oh God. He, but the thing is, he's not asking about her, really. Yeah. He's just excited about his, you know, like, oh, I went on a dirigible and I got to get inside. Yeah. And, was, and he and wants to tell like, her about it. What? But also, she's at that point in depression where you just can't hear anyone else's good yeah, news. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and also, she's like, he doesn't seem to be registering the fact that she's massively struggling. Yeah. So, you know, like those two things. But luckily, she Ursula. <laughs> I love this scene. Was so I think nice. my favorite scene? So nice. It's essentially the idea of like burnout. Yeah, totally. In fact, and just that's like exactly what they talk about. Yeah, and just like writer's block, or well, an artist block. You know, whatever. Yeah. Just like suddenly, you just can't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. she's totally burnt out, and that's you know, I think. What I love is that it equates her magic as a a creative talent. Yeah. Which, you know, that's, again, it's something that I feel like they address it here as that, but I've never seen that done anywhere else. But it's just like part of, you know, like just like some people are good writers or good uh, uh, filmmakers or good painters, Kiki's magic is that, her flying is her artistic talent. How lovely is that? I know. I put, need to like take you know? this lesson though. I think everyone needs to take yeah, this lesson. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's it's completely about self-care. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. So, like like uh, as, an, as an adult watching this, I'm like, yeah. this is so good. Yeah. I didn't notice this when I was eight. No, no, absolutely not. And in fact, I think the last time I watched it, I didn't notice it. Yeah. But this time, it's I, know, I think clear. this is very quarantine heavy. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it really is. It totally is. Uh, yeah. It it um, it's a lot about you know like giving yourself because she says to her, Ursula says to her, you know, you you read, you just sit around and do nothing. You you know like just spend some time, just relax around, stare yeah, at the exactly. sky. You stare know at, exactly, and so. And then it, it will come back to you, but you can't force it. Yeah. Um, it's not gone. But, you know, she's basically just saying, be kind to yourself. Yeah. And, um, and it's so nice. And also she gives, Ursula gives Kiki her bed. Yeah. And sleeps on the floor. And, and Kiki says to her, oh, you, you know, are you sure? Are you? And Ursula's just like, girl, sleep yeah. in my bed. But then Kiki's so cozy like properly kind of like wrapped up talking to you know like those memories you have of like sleepovers with your friends yeah but you're still talking at you know like four o'clock in the morning and then you're like no all right we're gonna go to sleep now and then you're like remember that time <laughs> it's, got that, it's got that real feeling of of coziness and you know like um like that and it's very much a women thing i think yeah. it's a female thing of I, because I know I do it when the world is at its worst for me. Mm-hmm. I can go to like any one of you know, like maybe three or four of my female friends, and we'll just like spend the night just talking. And the phrase that always comes out with afterwards is, "We put the world to rights," and that's yeah. what they're doing. That's totally what they're doing. They're rebalancing how they see the world in that mm-hmm. scene, and it's lovely. And that painting that she's done. Oh, which is a real painting, by the way. Is it? It's oh. done by, it was done in the 70s, and it was 
but I might be saying this wrong, by, but it's by a group of sort of developmentally challenged kids. Okay. It was something about that. There's a very specific story to it, but I was yeah. looking it up online. It's quite hard to find, but there's, it's a little bit different. They altered it, but it's a, based off a real painting. Oh, because it's, it's really interesting that it's not just a straight up picture of Kiki on a broom. Yeah. Like it's some magnificent thing. And for, when she's standing in front of it, you can really see that it's affecting her, mm -hmm. like as a piece of art should. Yeah. Um, which, you know, also shows uh, the way that she sees Ursula, I think, changes in that moment as well. Also, how she sees Ursula seeing her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And because she's like, I'm not beautiful. Why would you want to draw yeah. me? And she's like, what yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. And it's a, it's a world away from the book version mm -hmm. with the straight up picture and then, yeah. you know, Tombow with the pretty eyes. Yeah. It, like a yeah a little deeper I think yeah definitely I mean that whole scene is just is very very um like very kind of down to earth and it's a you know it's it's very much about mental health and self-care and depression and anxiety and and all that kind of pressure that that being a grown-up kind of puts on you yeah she's taken on a lot um and I don't think it that she's really thought about it until then and also mm -hmm. just the fact that you're you're allowed to be sad for yeah. a while. That's what makes you a good artist is that you yeah. take those breathers in between and, um, and that it will eventually come back. Yeah. Um, but that it's okay that it's gone because that's just what happens. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it, yeah, I think Ursula's in, in that way, completely different from the book. She sure. is a, like a, I mean, yeah, the artist in the book is not that whatsoever. No. She's just an artist. I'm trying to think if there's any character that is that type of sounding board. Uh, I don't know, really. Not really. Because she doesn't get that depressed in the same no, way. No, well, she doesn't. And also, yeah. Gigi doesn't lose his voice in the no. book. Like, none of that happens. This is all very much the film. And um, yeah. it's a lot darker. Yeah. A lot darker. But, but I feel like... Miyazaki was really trying to make a specific point yeah, of sort of yeah. taking care of yourself. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, like to communicate with people and, and have that moment of, of just, yeah, breathing spaces. One thing that's interesting that I know about um, like Miyazaki films is that he purposefully puts in, there's a Japanese word for it, but I don't know what it is, but he puts in breathing spaces in, yeah. in, his, oh, yes. in his films. Yeah. So he has like, between the action that's going on all the time, he'll have a moment when like, we're watching like the wind blow across fields or birds like fly or somebody just like doing something really, really simple, like pouring some water yeah. or doing, and, and it, it then allows you to kind of like, cleanse your palate between the all the flavor that comes uh, on the other sides of those and that's what i kind of feel like this whole scene was was just well, like uh, stopping yeah. and well, there's yeah. a very specific breath point that he makes at the climax of the film mm. that i really enjoyed but yes i, I get what you say and i i yeah, just right. i think everyone should as an adult take this scene to heart because as yeah. a kid you're interpreting it i think very differently and you don't expect with her being as young as she is that she would be going through that. But then everyone, you know, yeah. goes through it at some point or another. And I do love the, the fact that they've twisted 
her magic and and Ursula's art together is the same thing and she does say it you know she yeah. says, you know it's the same it's the same um and she's not expecting to come back from that fixed either no but one day does her. not <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and then all of a sudden she's you know coming back oh yeah well she talks to Sona on the phone and then Asona says oh, that madam yeah. yeah wants her to come over he wants you back yeah. yeah, and again, like, they don't give her a name; they just say right. "Madam." I yeah, think. they do. Yeah, and then, um, and then she she hitchhikes back on her own. Yeah, which is you know slightly worrying <laughs> to me. But I know, my God, please don't die! <laughs> don't get in the car with a strange man. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah. It's funny because I read a book. Uh, I think it was called Hokkaido Highway Blues" ages ago. God, this must have been about twenty years ago. And it was about a, a travel book about a guy who basically the premise was that everyone said to him, we don't pick up hitchhikers in Japan. But those, those were the people who had picked him up whilst hitchhiking, oh my who, God. who were saying it to him. So he traveled around all of the Japanese islands via hitchhiking. And wow. everyone who picked him up said, you really can't hitchhike in Japan because Japanese <laughs> don't pick up hitchhikers. <laughs> but there you go. She gets picked up by uh, someone while she's hitchhiking. Yeah. And um, and then she gets a tram back, yeah, and goes immediately straight back to work. Yeah, uh, stuck at it. Even though she's not flying, she's not flying. She does walk there, but yeah. um, but she's still got that you know the good heart that she's had, and also she likes it there. No, they're nice, interesting people. Um, I can't remember why they want her there. Oh, they've made her a cake. With I know. So yeah, there. so they go to Madam's and you see Bertha and she's like so excited and they made her kiki cake and that oh, looks delicious. It does look delicious. Very chocolatey. And then she says, um, hopefully Kiki will tell me when her birthday is. So oh, I can make yes. her next time. And then Kiki says, maybe Madam will tell me when oh, her yeah. birthday is. <laughs> you can see she's like tearing up a little bit. It's and really just... sweet. Yeah. It's really sweet. And that like is the, you know, it's the moment when you realize that she's, she is kind of like home yeah, and that people are, she's got a bunch of people who are on team Kiki as yeah. it were. And I think she feels like she doesn't. Yeah. That's why she got so depressed. Cause she feels like she hasn't got maybe the group of friends that, that Tombo seems to have. Yeah. Made but her um, clearly she does. And then Peril Oh, yeah, so Bertha's turning up the TV because she wants to see the dirigible. love Bertha so much. <laughs> Madam's like, turn it down, Bertha. <laughs> Bertha, she's so naughty, and she had this, like, glee in her eyes. <laughs> she's the worst. <laughs> so wind is, like, whipping up, and uh, people yeah. are trying to kind of, like, pull the dirigible back down in the chaos of the wind. And then who's stuck on the end of the rope? Tombo! <laughs> Can we just call Tombo Tintin? Because I feel like that's who he's modeled <laughs> after. Is. And also, there's a police car attached to the bottom. I know! <laughs> <That's> drama! <laughs> the extreme drama, man. It's um, totally nuts. So she rushes off to help him. She does. Uh, she manages to get there and she steals a broom from a street sweeper asks she very nicely oh, not steals she asks she asks she yeah. you know. and then and and that's the other thing i think is amazing is that it's it's just the any old broom yeah so she because i i kind of that's the broom from the beach thing for, yeah yeah 
I, I, I just kind of thought she's definitely going to go home and get her sturdy old, you know, yeah. good old broom. And she doesn't. She just grabs any old one. Yeah, because she realises how bad it is. Yeah, and she's just like, I need to sort it out now. Yeah. Um, and then it turns out to be a very unruly broom. Yes. But she says, and I wrote this down because I liked it so much, straighten up and fly right or I'll burn you to the broom. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> it's just like... Ooh, but that okay. was the the breath pause, the moment where it's complete silence. Yeah. Oh, and they all turned around to look at her. And then you yeah. sort of he does this in a few films where the sort of vibration and her the, yeah. her hair is sort of like yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. The static yeah. of it is pulling yeah. it up, which I thought was such a good tension building yeah. moment. Yeah, it's lovely because it takes a lot longer than you think it will. Because mm-hmm. you just think, oh, she's she's got that kind of urge to help him. She's just going to be able to do it, but. Yeah, they all hang there and, and it kind of like spins around so that you see the crowd on yeah. both sides and they're all, and the thing is, none of them have paid her any attention to this point and then all of a sudden everyone is looking at her at the moment when she she's at being tested at like because she can't fly. We've yeah. established this. So, and she's really straining to do it as well. So she's having to really look ridiculous in front of all these people. Because actually, if it doesn't work, she's going to look like a twat. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to be embarrassing. She just left there with a stick. (laughs) And then poor Tambo. Just like, as she's doing it, the dirigible crashes into the clock tower. An insane amount of crazy is going on up there as well. It's like, it's like... And then there are people like, it's going to fall on the building. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know where he is. At one point, he's, like, swinging past. Well, she, like, is struggling to get up and control the broom. And she's, like, trying to grab him. Yeah. And she can't. And then eventually he falls. I know. She's <laughs> like, it's an insane amount of stuff going on. And there's all these people shouting, you can do it. You can do it in the background. Yeah. Like, no pressure whatsoever. And then, yeah, he totally falls. And then when she she flies down to catch him, and then it's the quietest moment of her catching him. Oh, like complete silence. Thing. She just like, yeah, their hands just like, and then she's just got him, and then dips a tiny little bit. Yeah. I love the way that it's drawn. She's She's got one hand on the broom. Yeah. She's got one hand on him. And they're just like hanging there. Just <laughs> like, woof. Yeah, they're just sort of yeah. levitating at that point. Yeah, it's just that like little moment of frozen in time of everyone, you know, that breath before yeah, everyone. Everyone's, yeah. <laughs> and then the sound of the cheering. And it's so nice as well because the broom obviously is behaving at that moment. Yeah. But she's had to, she's off that broom. She's yeah. got one hand on it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a proper dramatic mid-air catch. And it's so beautifully done as well. And like she's just been from start to finish like just with the with the police car falling off into the swimming pool and stuff oh yeah uh, like dramatic wild wild race to get to that point and then it's just so silent when she does catch him like everyone's just like because because if that had gone wrong my god they both could have died i know and it's like these are two kids (laughs) yeah exactly totally nuts and then obviously the crowd goes wild yeah uh, he's and, a hero yeah. and then and this bit just kills me as well is she lands and then Gigi who's just the most important character to me in this film clearly because I keep coming back to him comes through the crowd and there are three different versions of this 
three different versions. So in two versions, no, in um, yeah, in two versions, he he meows when he gets on her shoulder. Okay. He he climbs up around her, he sits on her shoulder, and in two versions, which are the original English dub, yeah, and the Japanese version, he just meows. Yeah. In the Disney-fied version, he speaks. Okay, I'm trying. I think I've only seen the one where he meows. I don't remember. Yeah. So apparently, and I wrote what it down. Does he so say, what does Yeah, I don't know what he says because I haven't. I I haven't had time to look at it. But yeah, I don't think the one on Netflix. I don't think has version. Apparently, he speaks at the end. No, I don't remember this. Yeah, and they may have. I mean, yeah, the thing I read it on was a little bit old, so maybe they've changed it because it has yeah. been years since that. But um, they had a version where he spoke at the end purely because they thought that it was too sad if he didn't. It was too sad. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, because when he meowed at the end, I was like, but, but what? <laughs> no. Uh, she got, she can fly again, so he can talk again. Isn't that fair? Exactly. But, um, but I think that's a really interesting choice made there. Because yeah, if, I wonder what that, what Miyazaki was thinking. That it's just, he, he's I mean, completely left her childhood behind. Yeah, the original version is that, that, you know, she can't talk to him anymore. And actually, if you then, you know, watch through the credits and stuff, he's with his family, so he's not with yeah. her anymore. Yeah, he's um, with the Lily and their little kitty. Yeah, and then yeah, and then right at the end, there he's on the roof with his kitten and Kiki. Yeah. So then mm-hmm. he's back with her, which to me kind of implies that he can talk again. Yeah, because okay, so in the book, we know that they leave each other at a certain point and and go their separate ways. They will anyway. Yeah, so that's that's how it would work, but um, but not as so just the viewer. Yeah, I mean, if he's, it's a very Miyazaki thing to have that like nice little, and then they, you know, live happily ever after, carry on, you know, growing and stuff. And I love that the scene right at the end where they're sitting on the roof and she's overlooking the whole town and she's got the Gigi next to her and the little kitten. Yeah. It's just thing because it's like they've just established their little home life. Yeah. Um, and teaching the kitten how to ride the broom is, is a really sweet little scene as well. <laughs> I know. In my mind, they can talk. Yeah, and that implies to me that they can talk because yeah. otherwise, how would that situation happen? Yeah. I, um, I did would see go a broom. said that somebody thought that it meant that he hadn't been able to talk the whole time and it was just her imagining him talk. And then when she became a grown-up, I know it was horrible. I yeah. hated the theory so much. Oh my so god, much. that's awful. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, it is. It's obviously they they have kind of. I mean, in the book, they would have just went their separate ways. Yeah. And actually, uh, I believe in the play version. Yeah. They um, they Gigi goes on to teach other witches. It's so they have like a it's period cool. where they're with one witch and then okay. that witch comes of age and then they go and start again with another one. I wonder if that's in the other books potentially, if there's stuff about something like that. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know actually. Oh god, yeah. Now we need to read the next ones. Obviously. Come on. <laughs> Publish this again. Is there a translation of the second one? 
No, 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 there isn't. Uh, I don't think they ever did. I mean, I think, like, in other languages. Yes. So this is, like, Penguin Random House. So come on, they have money to do. Oh, definitely. I'm totally going to have to learn Japanese, otherwise. That's a lot. I think there's, like, Italian. There's, like, a Turkish version. (laughs) Man, but, uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's a definite choice made there as to what happens at the end. Because that, like, is, that's her childhood, isn't it? basically she's not a kid anymore but she keeps her magic so i don't see why she can't keep the cat (laughs) your cat away (laughs) but in and then the next thing is like the post credit scene so like you have sort of the credits and then she's written the letter to her parents yes so the letter is, I think I got it right. So, Father, Mother, how are you? Gigi and I are both very well. My work is on the right track and I'm confident. It's been hard sometimes, but I love this town. That's right. Aww. But if she says Gigi and I are both very well, again... Yeah, how would you know Gigi was well unless you could have a chat with him? Yes. <laughs> again, my conclusion is that Gigi can talk again. Yeah, no, I agree. I can care. <laughs> but also, is that the first time she's written to her parents? Yes, which is astonishing, unacceptable, horrible daughter. <laughs> also, she hasn't, she doesn't go home. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. No. So, Again, yeah. it hasn't been a full year yet, I don't think. They're, okay. Yeah, done. that makes sense, actually. Yeah, because they haven't ha- kind of had the same seasons, have they, really? Because I think it's just been summer. So it's yeah. just like the start of her stay. Yeah. But yeah, so I think that's the other thing. Like, it hasn't been the full time. Yeah. Which is I, okay then, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it would have been a whole different film if she'd gone back and everything. But yeah. she's clearly like established herself as living there. And it's the same feeling as the end of the other one. Yeah. So book and film have the same feeling at the end, but it's it's just done... Yeah, I, I definitely feel like the film's a lot more grown up, I suppose. Yeah. It is um, sort of like... I'm a little bit re- torn reading the book because I so love the film and I'm like, yeah. ooh, there's some there's bits of the book that are actually a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it would like it would have made an interesting film to, to just do it straight, but it wouldn't have had the kind a of... A better TV show, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like as a series of like, you know, Netflix. A yeah. Netflix I- I- exclusive, very short series. It could have worked. Mini series. But... I, I think they're both amazing in their own right. Yeah. Um, and they both definitely start from the same place. Yeah. But they just go in such different directions at a certain point. But I still think he respects everything she's yeah, written. Absolutely. And there's elements yeah. all along the way of her story. There's, I think in the book, there's more of an element of fairy tale in the book. Mm-hmm. And there's much more of an element of weirdly, considering it's a story about a, a girl who flies around on a broom and talks to her cat, much more of an element of realism in the film. Yes. Like, just in the terms of the size of the city. And it's harder. Yeah. And, and everyone in the book is, is very much... A, Kooky character. Yeah. Like, a, almost like a caricature of themselves, in a way. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, like, big burly sailors and, you know, like, cackling... Knitting women lady. and... Exactly. Yeah. women and just... Yeah. yeah. Whereas in the, in the film, everyone feels pretty real. Yeah. Um, and quite individual, and even the the smaller characters, like the grumpy girl who doesn't like the pumpkin and herring pie, she you still have a feeling that she's got a whole character to her, mm-hmm. a whole personality. You know, she's 
She seems like they're all very unique. Even the lesser characters in, in Ghibli films are quite unique. They definitely feel like they could have a whole film about them. And yeah. it would be quite interesting. They always do that, though. So in the book, I kind of feel like I care more so. Like her parents, I'm more interested in their yeah, story. Absolutely, yeah. I want to follow the you know the belly band woman yeah. and the the laundry woman sounds so interesting yeah, her, her yeah, sister exactly. yeah. chrysanthemum and violet yeah. you know who are these they people feel like storybook characters though and i don't think they feel that as much in the film they they yeah. feel like people who are you know they go off and they have their lives and stuff and i'm not as interested in the parents in the film yeah um yeah i'm more interested in the mum's backstory because of that initial story at the start mm -hmm. about her arriving yeah but yeah i do i agree i think yeah i, I there's much more of a that, there's more it feels more magical the book does yeah. and it also feels like it's for slightly younger age yes i think hayo is like trying to show kids now like yeah. adult you know older kids yeah. in the modern age like dealing with the real world and how tough it is but you yeah. know yeah, I mean, because that's what he does, isn't it? He doesn't pull his punches. He's like, this is, things are tough. Things are definitely hard. Even like, in, if you look at like stuff like Totoro. Um, oh, that's, yeah. Totoro's quite dark, actually. Mom issues going on there, you know, mm -hmm. with her being in hospital and stuff. And obviously Spirited Away is a whole world of parent parental neglect a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, he definitely, but he never, he never kind of feel like, I like I wouldn't go away going, God, Kiki's Delivery Service is quite a dark film, but it is. It is. It's definitely about like depression and, and anxiety and, and self-care. Um, well, it, this is, there was, um I remember reading in a book about Pixar and sort of how much they take away from Studio Ghibli and I think a lot of animated films do it this now where there's sort of a di two different levels. It's the kid version and yeah, there's yeah, the yeah, adult yeah. version and they're yeah. both in the same movie. Yeah. But it's what the adults see versus what the kids see in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that, you know, rewatching it now compared to like the first time I watched it, I was definitely just like, this is the best thing ever. And I totally want to be here. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's, that's, I still want to be here, obviously. Because <laughs> I think, like, even trying to remember watching it as a kid, like, I, because I was so little, I was like, the boy thing didn't really register yeah. as well. Yeah, he was just yeah, kind yeah. of like exactly. an annoying boy versus yeah. anything. And I really don't, it really don't remember Gigi losing his voice. No, like, I think I blocked that out. Hard way, because that would have traumatized me forever. <laughs> that's like Watership Down level trauma, that is. Yeah, it's super sad. So yeah, but like you say, I think you're right. It's it is on two different levels, and I think that's why a lot of uh, well, all Ghibli films really are so like good to watch. However, whatever age you are, yeah, because there's just so much in them. And also, yeah. as aside from good stories and strong characters, they are beautiful to look at. Oh my god, the artwork is just and there's a whole thing where I think it's in one of the documentaries about him where he makes the all the animators they have to paint 360 degrees around every shot. Yeah. Which is so you, as they're drawing, they have to have a vision of what the yeah. characters are moving through even if they don't use all yeah. of it. 
it's still like, there. In a sense, you can really feel it, especially in like films like Mononoke, where it's just like the forest is alive. Yeah, you know, it really is. But also in terms of like, there's two like there's little details that I absolutely love that you know you just wouldn't think about. So the two things in in Kiki the film where like one is when she's scrubbing the floor and she's tied her knot, uh, knot in her dress to keep yes. it up. Yeah, and yeah. then just before she gets up to go on and do the rest of it, she undoes the knot. So that, that little thing. And then when she's at Madam's house and she's doing the fire, she's got two pegs on her sleeves to hold oh, her yes. sleeves away from the fire. So it's stuff like that. Like, And I think it, it, it works the same with um, if you're like a writer as well. It's just those little details Mm-hmm. that just like punch you in the heart because that's he's really paying attention he's really paying attention to how the world works and you know like you can't cook something with sleeves that long if you're using <laughs> real fire but you wouldn't you'd never think of that but then when you see it yeah then you're just like this it just makes it magical and it's just those little moments of beauty in everyday life that he sees yeah. that you don't see you don't really register until someone like that takes it and kind of puts it there in front of you. And then you're like, see, that's lovely. That's a lovely little thing that people do. Well, I think, I think they both have so much of that in their yeah. writing. Cause obviously he wrote the screenplay in yeah. that, like when she writes with the sort of handy woman and they, yeah. she names out every bit of clothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Those little details. And I think like there's a line in the book, which is something like, um, the city spread out on either side of the river like butterfly wings. I mean, that. Oh, so beautiful. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. So, I, like, I think they at the heart of things, they're both very, very, like, absolutely, you know, you fall in love with them in their own right. And the fact that they're kind of, like, attached together at that start point is so nice. I mean, she's so iconic that red bow and black dress on the little broom with the cat. Yeah. Is, does know. she have the red bow in the book, actually? Uh, yeah, she does, I think. Okay, good. Cover. I don't know. I don't think they mention it, actually. Maybe they Yeah, don't. that's what I'm thinking, that he maybe added that? Yeah, he might have done. Had um, like, little element of, um, of fancy schmance, because she needed so, it. As we've been talking for four hours... Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the poor people listening to us. So we we usually like to conclude your rose and thorn of everything. Ooh, rose and thorn. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go for my thorn first. Okay. Which is, I really can't get over Gigi losing his voice. Feel <laughs> <laughs> <Steal> my thorn. <laughs> I'll never get over it as long as I live. It's so sad. Yeah. I think it's like, to me, it's like, you know, like when a pet dies, it, you know, like you, I don't know, animals, you give animals your whole heart and then you, it they, is. Like, they're just not around for as long as you are. So yeah. don't listen, Hester. She's over there, like quietly sleeping. But um, that for me, that was heartbreaking. That and um, and the, the broom breaking, I think. Oh, it, yeah, and the book. The book, yeah. The way it broke as well. Just... That was a real, ugh. Minded that too much because of the way she dealt with it. Yeah, I appreciate but, but it. it. I think it was just my initial reaction was like, oh, yeah. it was stolen and then it was broken. Like, what the hell, man? No. Yeah. Rose. Um, 
so many. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many. Um, film, I'm, I'm probably going to steal yours again, was the scene between her and Ursula. And um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> it was just lovely, really lovely. I, like, yeah. That, um, it, because it, it's, you know, really relatable. Um, and also, like, very fiercely feminist as well, at the heart of things. Um, yeah, good lessons have come from it. Um, and and book-wise, just that, that very first scene, I fell in love with it immediately. I didn't actually, because obviously I've, you know, I've never read the book before and I've known the film for a very long time. I didn't expect to fall in love as hard as I did yeah. in that first scene. But, oh my God, I literally... Yeah, <laughs> like just that first page i read it aloud to my cat may i say <laughs> because that's how i like to start books yeah. um, and then um, yeah it's just completely magical totally in love with it and yeah i mean it's a beautiful book but that that just first scene was just perfect i think yeah. what a way to start a book i think because you chose ursula <laughs> <laughs> I have to go with like the belly band scene in the book. Aww, it's it's so, so quirky and magical and so yeah. storytelling magic and just like her looking for the biggest belly to wrap the band around and then when they lift the shirts up and they're just full of all the belly bands. <laughs> so sweet. I just did it, it really it was just like oh, I want to be in this world yeah. it's just I, so I love, I love the, the extra knowledge now that we have about belly bands makes it yeah. even I want they're one like so little bad. protective hugs now yeah but this is what this book is like you feel so protected yeah. yeah absolutely yeah and I think yeah the thorn as well I think it's the same with the Gigi thing I hate I just didn't love how they handled it in the film actually and also, I kind of missed in the book, and I was talking to Meg about this, that I, I realize it's not practical, but I like the idea of the give and take. And they yeah. talk about it a little bit in yeah. the film, but the philosophy of being yeah. a witch. No, I agree. I think that um, it was, they, they kind of went, no, she does need money, so let's yeah. just sort it out like that. And it, yeah, I think it was a big part of her heritage, wasn't it? Yeah. And I liked, like you said in the beginning of the book, sort of th them talking about the lifestyle of being a witch rather yeah. than just the magic. Yeah, yeah. Like, sort of how they live by is, might be different from ordinary people because cause a lot of people don't understand it when she tries to explain it. Yeah. And I found that a really good lesson as well, I think, just in life. It's not always about the money, obviously. Yeah. So I did feel like I missed that a little bit in the film. For yeah, me. no, I agree. It did. It made it, it kind of just swept all that to one side. And that was a big part in the book of how she uh, connected with people. Yeah. Because they were always like, are you sure? And she's like, no, whatever you have to give me is absolutely fine. Yeah. She got by it. There was a lot more trust of people yeah. in the book. But then I think book Kiki and film Kiki are two different very inspiring, very fierce girls, but they are two different girls, I would say. I will still be ordering the book for all of the children in my family. Absolutely, man. <laughs> I'm going to buy so much coffee. So many coffees of this book. So many. I just recommend this book to anyone, everyone. Yeah. I just, it's so good. Yeah, it's totally gorgeous. I, yeah, I'm definitely going to be reading it again. Yeah, I'm so happy 
I, I wanted to read it anyway, but that it pushed me to read it. And well, like, the bar is incredibly high for any yeah. other book that, because, you know, we've gone off on a good run. Although, to be honest, Hell's Moving Castle is one of my favorite books on earth. So I'm, It's been so I'm long since I've read it. So when yeah. we do that one, it's going to be a real refresher, I think, yes. for me. So, but thank you. Thank you. God, this is the longest chat ever. I know. <laughs> it was good, though. Really good. People love this movie and they love Ghibli. So it's like oh. interesting to. And just to think about it at this level too. Yeah, I like I so I wrote like six pages of notes. Yeah. Like watching this film. And it made me think a lot more about how I write yeah. and about how I read as well. Um and also just made me realise that I really want to watch all the Ghibli films again because they're so good. <laughs> well we're going to well most of them.